Support for Character Crusade comes from Audiobooks.com. Audiobooks make it possible to enjoy a story, learn something new, or find inspiration anytime, anywhere. And with more than 60,000 titles available, Audiobooks.com makes it easy and convenient. Simply set up your account and start downloading your favorite books to your mobile device. Right now you can start with a free 30-day trial and select the book of your choice to get started. Go to book.charactercrusade.com and start listening today. Crusaders, you're listening to Character Crusade Skyrim Roleplay Workshop. I'm Joe. I'm Matt. And I'm Stu. And tonight, we're talking about overpowered mods. <gasps> Specifically, OP equals BS. And in uh, <laughs> episode number 13, by yes, the way. Yes, we made it to episode number 13. Can you believe it? Yeah, this is our lucky episode, clearly. Totally. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode 12 yet, we encourage you to go back and do that. It was so much fun having Jessa on the show. Absolutely. Yes, and the good news is we are going to be having her back on a recurring basis to do mod roundtables with us. Yes. Uh, so you can look forward to that, you know, a few times a year, hopefully. We'll get her here every every two or three months, and we'll kind of do another roundtable session. That was uh, super fun. She but put up with us for like two and a half hours. I know. It was kind of amazing, actually, <laughs> that anyone would do that. You know, we've actually had quite a few people like on purpose, put up with other us. Other than us. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. I'm used to you guys now, but you know that you know how it is. You get used to your own stink after a while. <laughs> I was going to say you do sort you of know? get used to your own smell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like camping uh, for a week. Oh, what yeah. is that? It's a film. It's a film of it's a protective uh, layer. Yeah. <laughs> God, the woods smell funny here. What is that? You know, why do the woods smell different here? It smells kind of like like the gym. Yeah. What's with that? So yeah. And spam. Tonight. In our uh, play theory segment, we're going to talk a little bit about this concept of overpowered or or game-breaking mods, and um, more specifically, um, how you can tailor your game difficulty to the kind of game that you want to play. But first, we're going to go through our character craft segment. We're pretty excited about that. It's been a while since we've been able to do that. Uh, Before I get to that, we're going to level up. Let's level up, Matt. Thanks, Stu. <laughs> hey, we got a lot of people listening, and it's great. It's even better when we can hear from some folks who have got some interesting reasons for giving. And uh, we've just got a, a new Patreon supporter. And uh, for those who have been wondering what's an appropriate level to give, it, it really is anything. Um, if you think that you got to give the $100 a month level, we're not going to turn that away, right? <laughs> no, but, no, no. Never. But like many of us started in other areas, <clears throat> Patreon starts at a dollar if you want to do it that way. And it's so great because it just shows a little bit of support and it makes a big difference for us. Uh, and we really appreciate uh, everyone who gives it. So when you start off with a dollar a month, like we're hearing uh, our latest supporter, we'll just, we'll, we'll call him E, <laughs> whatever we want to do. His name is Ernie. Ernie, thanks, Ernie. Um, and then Ernie decided to go and triple his amount every month up to $3 a month. Now, yeah. Some people may say that that isn't going to make a difference. In my heart, I know that it makes a difference. Someone's mm-hmm. making a commitment to us. We are making a commitment mm-hmm. to you, Ernie. That's we're right. going to use that money wisely, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to turn it into another fantastic series of shows here. From mm-hmm. the bottom of our heart, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you so much, Ernie, for you know a three-septum-a-month continuing donation. We will put every one of those septums to great use. To great use. Yes. Thanks, Ernie. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's the only one that we've got this month. Not because people aren't listening, but because maybe people are shy. Um, Don't be shy. Yeah. Don't don't be shy. Just run out into the tundra and yell that it's time time to support the crusade. Well, honestly, it does make a big difference. So so at this point, um, we're fortunate enough to have, um, you know, uh, seven people who've decided to support us, Mm -hmm. uh, coming to a total of $30 a month and... That is taking care of uh, hosting for us. Mm-hmm. It's putting a, a big dent in uh, you know the fees that we have to pay to keep the website up, mm-hmm. things like that. So it, every bit makes a difference. So so we definitely you're not like it. you didn't like buy a new Ferrari yet or anything, did you? Uh, no, no, and that will never happen because sir. it's all going into yes. the production. <laughs> <laughs> now the merchandising that's different. Oh, right? totally the, bobble, right. the bobblehead that we're getting totally of you. Yeah, never. totally. Yeah. Yeah. But well, <laughs> stew bobblehead. I want yeah, one of those. <laughs> we a stew bobblehead. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Um, Vinyl top? Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> with the with the Nord helmet. Oh yes. No, yes. I love that. I love it. Yeah. With one of our custom t shirts printed on the front. Uh one of the naked Nord t shirts. Yes, absolutely. We're gonna roll out. Yeah. No. At uh, some point. 
<laughs> hey, it takes time you know, to perfect the about design. the merchandise. I still have yet to see it. Come on. <laughs> well, the the it's uh, like the emperor's new clothes. I have one on me? right now. The Naked Nord T-shirt design is up on the website. Oh. Um, it's on the about page, specifically under under Matt's character section. That you can see the Naked right. Nord logo. In fact, I'm going to look at it right now. Where is it? It's fantastic. About the Naked Nord Society. Yes. Oh, and what's the tagline? Boot and about halfway down. Yeah. The Naked Nord Society running our members up and down the throat of the world. All what? 7,000 steps. Why are you looking at me funny? <laughs> Is it something I said? I, no. 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 Okay. Well, yeah. It'd work on bumper stickers too. <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's quite attractive, and I actually made it in uh, vector. It's so, it's ooh, sort scalable. of like scalable. You know, yeah. So this is like the best version of a silhouetted thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's way better than Snapchat. I, I, you totally <laughs> want that thing on a billboard <laughs> for sure. For sure. I we don't have it. we don't have the trademark <laughs> thing on. I there, think though. we'll need a few yeah. more patrons for a billboard. But you know what though, if we can if we can start a Skyrim sort of. Uh, instant chat session and call it the Naked Nord, and we can have bazillions <laughs> of people download our app. That would be great. <laughs> Until then, I think that we're just going <laughs> to maybe just keep meeting here. Give relationship advice, or what? What is the Naked? But Nord it's on, but it's only relationship advice so far as Skyrim goes. So oh, it might not okay. be immediately <clears throat> applicable, applicable? Uh, mm-hmm. to people's lives well, now. But that's true. Only that's in true. Skyrim. It's still important. It's like yeah. 15 million people playing Skyrim. They need relationship advice. Yeah. You know, I, I guess in this day and age, people, some people still do bring melee weapons to dates, but <laughs> not as many as probably used to. <laughs> or maybe some cases ought to. Yeah, right. Depends on the neighborhood, right? It's, it's just showing up with the loot just sort of sets yeah. the wrong tone, if you'll excuse me. The, the loot pun. or the loot? Uh, mm. L-U-T-E. Oh. You can bring as much loot as you want. Okay. Right. Well, you know wow. what? Let's let's get to character craft, shall we? Yes. Enough of this inane drivel. Tangent. On to character craft. <laughs> Stick around. Welcome to Character Craft. Tonight we're actually going to go around and talk about each of the characters we are currently playing. It has been some time with all the interviews since we've been able to do this. So we'll have a little bit of catching up to do here, but uh, we're going to take about 10 minutes or so and start with your character, Joe. What do you got? All right. Well, I have to think back a little bit. Ina Roth, I'm still playing her. Mm-hmm. And currently she's up around 33rd level, almost 32nd. Wow, getting there. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. So, yeah, it's it's power weekend. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just in awe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Start at about nine in the morning and yeah. go to bed around one in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, what Hardcore. what Joe is doing, though, I mean, he's, you know, doing quests and stuff like that. That's that's legit levels there, too. So. I have been lately, yeah. What what was the list? Um I'll cut that. Yeah, thank you. I think you should leave it. <laughs> <laughs> it could be your signature thing, man. Uh, that's not a good signature. So, 
she is still uh, going or hanging around in Blackreach. I've actually explored a lot more of Blackreach with her. As she's gone up levels, I've felt a little bit um, better about surviving right. the rest of Blackreach. So, How much of it have you covered, do you think? Oh, gosh. I bet I've probably got about 80 to 90% of it at least. Um I went and took out the wisp, the mother wisp down there. She's kind of a chore, so I wanted to get her out of the way. And mother wisp. Yeah, they're kind of tough. And then um, I found a couple of the other lifts. Uh, I would pronounce them, but I don't exactly know how. So yeah. Mizanchalef and Rothbar, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the <laughs> hell they're called. <laughs> The Slotman Forton? <laughs> yeah. I, I, that that, yeah, that, that lift that you can pronounce once and never yeah, again. Yeah, you know, and even you know, the easy like, one, I've been yeah. screwing up. It's, it's <laughs> you know, it's not Aftland, it's Aftend. <laughs> A Flutman Forton. Yeah, it's like Freaking trying to write it in your journal and you, it never appears the same way twice. <laughs> Is there a Z and an M and an L and an F and a T and a... It's Silent all consonants. Uh, it's yeah. all consonants. That's <laughs> How is pretty this possible? Much. Yes. So Good thing we're not ready. I've explored enough of that to find uh, pretty much, I think, all the lifts that I can uh, that go up to the surface. Okay. Uh, I found a couple that go to other parts uh, that lead to Black Reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of how I started with the alternate starts, uh, they are all currently blocked off because I haven't started the quest to actually enter Black Reach yet. Isn't that so, weird? Yeah, I've been yeah. spending all my time down there, and I'm not supposed to be there. So you can open <laughs> up those pathways, but you have to kind of go to the surface and then do a quest and come back down again through. Yeah, whatever. and honestly, at this point, it's been so long since <laughs> I've actually weird, done anything in Blackreach via the the way that was intended. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I remember what those quests were. Hmm. So yeah. If I wanted to dive into Blackreach, how do you get? That's what I can't remember. Okay, there's a couple of different ways. (laughs) You know, the the I one of the things that always comes to mind for me is just going to visit. um, What is his name? Septimus Cygnus, the crazy old man. He he lives in an ice cave way up in the frozen north. Right, and you you take his quest, and he'll definitely send you down there. Um, There is also. I haven't gone up to visit him yet. Part of the um, Dark Brotherhood quest line. Okay, have and I haven't kicked that too, one so. off yet either. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's there's definitely a couple different ways yeah. to start the quest that will get you into Black Reach, but because I started there, you didn't have to worry about. I didn't getting have there. to get there. Yeah. So, but uh, alternate start duh, did think the author did think ahead and uh, has blocked off all ways of navigating those quest lines backwards. Oh, really? So, I mean, I can go through the doors that I would normally come into, but they're all walled off. I can't go any further. And that makes sense. That's cool. It does. Otherwise, because inadvertently, there's no doubt I would probably break something on the quest. Yeah, that'd be way overpowered. Totally. If you could do that. It'd Can just you imagine? Be, like, it'd be so like totally wrong, dude. Game-breaking and overpowered. Uh, oh, I'll tell you, starting out at level off, one man. in Blackreach isn't overpowered. No way. <laughs> you, yeah, you got screwed, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> run away, run away. <laughs> oh, my God, it There's was horrible. so many ways to die down there. Seriously, when you're fighting with a herring, it's just you mm-hmm. can't win. 
No, no. You can't. <laughs> I'm slap you. That's bad. You my fish. Oh. So you, you've explored Blackreach pretty thoroughly at this I've point. I've explored Blackreach pretty thoroughly, yes. You find all the uh, Crimson Nurn root yet? I've found a bunch, and I know if they've respawned. Really? I actually have, the, yeah. Some I, of them have respawned because I've been huh. down there long enough. I guess I never considered the fact that maybe they would respawn. Mm-hmm. Like so I, I I don't know how many I have, but I've got pl- thirty plus. One hundred and thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go. Th- well, bec- there's a little satchel in Sindarian's Field Lab mm-hmm. that I've been. Every time I get down there, I stuff all my ingredients into it. Okay. So it's not such a little satchel anymore. <laughs> no, it's it's jam packed. It's a Duluth pack. <laughs> it's a Duluth <laughs> pack. Yeah. It is. It'll fit everything. That's um, right. But I've been building up my my outpost down there a lot. I see a role play opportunity here to be the okay. This isn't fair though. This is your character. This isn't Robard. This he, is a suggestion. He would, he would he would take advantage of this crimson nern root thing and kind of corner the market somehow. I I think it's pretty cool. This is, I, I this guess is I never really I thought that you could do that co-op, it right? Because he's collecting <laughs> your you know yeah. making yeah, and distributing. Yeah, if I could you know, sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll sign it. We'll, we'll sign a contract. I'll have my people call your people. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if I if I made if um, I if I made skooma with a twist of crimson nern root during mm, the brewing process, what would happen? That's a infused good with the flavor of infused with the flavor of crimson nern root. If you can infuse gin with cucumber, you can infuse skooma with, with crimson, crimson nern root. Absolutely, for sure, it would be to die for. Yes, <laughs> it would probably literally. I would. Kill Anyone you wants right to <laughs> have that? I, we'll see this mod on on Nexus uh, pretty soon too. Yeah. It, it's, um, oh, the other thing it'll is, just be crimson skooma. Uh, yes. I did complete the uh, Namira quest. Okay. Um, as I've started out with uh, Inaroth, she is a dark character, so mm-hmm. she has embraced Markarth and all right. its darkness. And so I did follow that one through. Uh, she embraced the cannibalism, cannibalism, cannibalistic yep. um, air. So mm-hmm. okay, so you never go hungry again, basically. I never go hungry again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I'm just. It's always just a lot saying. of options. Oh too. my word! Yes, I was gonna. There's, you know? It's just not the thing that you normally hear. I know, no, right? Never go hungry. You know, it... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't control myself. So she, uh, yeah. So uh, she's so, so awesome. She's she's. Well, you know, I don't know if I would say she's embraced it, but she's definitely uh, she's had a curiosity and fulfilled yeah. her curiosity. So whether taste, past yeah, the, past whether the or not, reflects. whether or not she uh, would would continue down that. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't decided. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I've also right. let her turn into a vampire. Oh. So um, she may let, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, really. They really do, actually. So Food and beverage. Gotta there you go. Go together like something <laughs> So something, something to wash that down with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, Matt? I'm laughing so hard, no sound is coming out. <laughs> uh, see, nice. you learn so much when you talk with others about mm-hmm. their characters yes. because- Mine's just trying to find arrows and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah, she's yeah. she's decided to embrace. Well, she caught the the vampirus uh, virus mm-hmm. condition disease, whatever mm-hmm. it is, disease. I think technically. Yep. And once, and 
I cured that because she didn't feel it was uh, the right time. And okay. then she caught it again on another vampire encounter she had. So she kind of took that as, you know, I'm going to go with it <laughs> and we're going to call it, you know, this is a tool. <laughs> Gonna... That was our timer, ladies and gentlemen. I guess we, my we, time is up. <laughs> we got a ten-minute timer here, but we we started a little bit late, so we're gonna. All right, I'll see if I can uh, continue, uh, kind of get through this a little quick. Unrestrained. So. Just... All right. So, vampire. She she decided to embrace that and uh, considers it a tool that she can use for Mayroon's mm-hmm. Dagon uh, right. on his behalf or her behalf. I guess mm-hmm. there's no real gender. Um. So, she has done that. And in the Namira quest, to kind of backtrack just a bit, uh, she ended up taking Aeola as a follower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the two of them kind of hooked up okay. um, in more ways than one, but that's another day. Sweet. Um, <laughs> She's kind of a spell sword, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And right? I had to actually uh, release her from mm-hmm. um, being a follower. Uh, I took her along with me on my my journeys, and she kept getting into fights with uh, my conjurations and my summons. And oh, really? <laughs> anything, anytime she just yeah. brushes past something that might be considered friendly fire, she just goes berserk. Yeah, and she starts casting stuff, and she's hmm. so confrontational. Oh my god! I'm like, <laughs> you, so uncomfortable. You're, just, you're in the way. So what? I brought her. I brought her down to Blackreach, mm-hmm. and I dismissed her there. <clears throat> what like, did she okay. do? So I I just let her hang out in Blackreach in my outpost. Oh, okay. So she hanged. You didn't dismiss her. No. She's hanging out. Yeah, she was hanging out in Blackreach, and uh, I came down there, and as as often as I do, uh, I come upon my outpost is just getting attacked by something. Every time, because I'm gone long enough, when I come back, all of a sudden I got, you know, werewolves or or falmer or all sorts of crap attacking me i've had three dragon attacks down there now wow wow yeah so i don't know where these things are getting in from but they hate you like (laughs) bad man so you got like some dragon paper up somewhere (laughs) (laughs) they stick (laughs) (laughs) big dragon strip (laughs) okay oh they got it that would be there's got to be a spell for that now that'd be over that would be over modding community unite yes like fly paper except for dragons very big just wrap it around any kind of watchtower you're all set oh my god (laughs) God. um my problem there though was uh the same thing because i hired a lot of mages to help keep an eye out over my watch and aola is really strong Mm-hmm. So she kept wiping out all my guards because God. she'd get hit by friendly fire and she'd go berserk and just yeah. go around murder everyone. She, she, she is a beast. I'm like, um, holy crap. I like You've her, got to just, so I actually yeah. just dismissed her completely and she <laughs> left Blackridge. Get out of here. This is why like, I have to see some of your you know, gameplay. This is just. fantastic. Yeah. You got to get out of here. Uh-huh. You're costing me money. <laughs> Stop murdering all my guards. <laughs> well, those it's a problem. In yeah. We're Tundra running out. Defense, those uh-huh. those wizards are like yeah. fifteen hundred bucks a pop. Uh huh. Like that. Yeah. I can't. You got to talk to the Skuma that. King over here and oh, see what yeah. you can do about Crap. setting up a distribution network. Yeah. So that's kind of you know a real big overview of uh, some of the high points I've hit. But uh, so yeah, expanding my outpost. And completing some of the the quests I love uh, it. in Markarth, yeah. And uh, oh, I was disappointed. Um, who is that Gorza or what's her name? The the do you remember what her name is? The Smith. 
in oh. Mark Hearth. Oh, I don't remember a name, yeah. but the orcish smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of disappointed early on. This was a while back, but I came in and there's, there must have been a vampire attack on the other side of the city. And oh, all wow. this I know is flashed across the screen that one of my quests failed to bring her a book. Oh, She yeah. got killed. Oops. Wow. So now I got to deal with that putz there. <clears throat> Vampires are brutal in that game. They will wipe out like essential, you know, like important. Important. Not in, essential, not, not but, essential yeah, but important. important. Especially like the, the smiths and merchants and mm-hmm. stuff, man, when they get wiped out. And it's yeah, sort of you've depressing, You've had that happen too. with her name like, in uh, Whiterun. Adriana, yeah. is that her name? Yeah. 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 And so, and it's kind of sad because you, you know, you go in well, there and the guy, and the guy's running the place by himself, you know, like his, his wife is just <laughs> Poor dead, widow, you know, widower. and more than likely the body's still laying in the street outside and nobody's taking care of that. Uh, yeah. So just because they don't have one of those overpowered marks to help take care of your corpses. That's true. That's way overpowered. Or protect them before they become corpses. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is kind of helpful. I've heard. Yeah. So that's everybody's essential. Dead people are smelly. That's it in a fairly big nutshell. Very good. Now we move on to Matt. What's going on, Matt? I'm sort of on walkabout, actually. Okay. Um, interestingly, I, I did some stupid thing, and I was recording at home, so I don't, I don't have it here, but um, I stole some little rinky-dink thing, and it was like five gold to get out of it, and I'm like, forget it. It's not worth arguing with you about mm-hmm. this. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take it. So they took me across the map like oh, I had that helm or something, and... <laughs> So now I'm way over on the, yeah. and I'm like, where the heck? I had no idea where I was. We'll just confiscate all your stolen goods. Yes, exactly. Yeah, thanks. Come with us. Cross the We're going to take everything. I know. So then I went down, and I, I'm looking at it now, this witch mist grove. Do you remember all this? Well, that crazy old hag killed me a few times. Oh, yeah. Um, over here. You, here, let me show you, Joe. Check this out. That's, um. Because there's the Steam Crag camp where there okay. is those couple of, uh, thieves or whatever they are over there. It was great fun because the mm-hmm. first time through, uh, they got really upset mm-hmm. and they slaughtered me. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so when I came back, I realized that maybe I shouldn't just shoot at them first. And I still have, you know, my house Carl following around, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Who do you have with you? Lydia. Lydia. Is it Lydia? Yeah, okay. Lydia is still with me. Lydia has been killed hundreds of times. Really? Wow. That's um, actually kind of a, it, that's an see, achievement. She, she doesn't have a good leader. <laughs> because I keep going, oh, look, I wonder what that is. Oh, it's a frost troll. I'm going to die. So then I send her in, and I try to find some other. By the time I get up to her, she's you know weeping and rocking back and forth oh, on the yeah. ground. That's and the worst. Then gets stomped on. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, so I'm in this can. It's great. And then this dragon flies overhead, right? Bone strewn mm-hmm. crest area, whatever yeah. it is. And uh, I didn't have to do anything. Like I was so far behind everybody that by the time I got there, the dragon had been slain. And I was too late to collect any dragon souls, and so what, really, I was yeah. How can you be? Wow! I, I so when you walked up answer. to the dragon, no nothing s- happened. That's really that's glitching then. Yeah, if the dragon's so. around, if the body's there, you should be able yep. to. Then maybe it some is. So glitching. I'll go back. Never heard of the soul going stale. Many, 
No, but then there was still mm-hmm. the place near there, nearby, mm-hmm. where you can pick up the part of the dragon shout, right? right? Yep. That was Yeah, fine. the word wall. Yeah, the word wall. Yeah. But uh, I didn't, that wasn't... Word. Word. I had exactly. a similar situation, though, um, when I was recording Aranus Arcana, where Fleet could not absorb dragon souls for a period of time, and I struggled oh, and struggled right. and struggled to try and figure out what the fix was to that glitch. It's been a long time now, so I, I can't remember what it ended up being, but... It seems um, to me like that could be kind of a big obstacle. Well, if you want to be the Dragonborn, it sure is, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, contrary to Joe's level 612. Or 32, you know, whichever. Uh, I'm know. finally at a level 10, right? Um, I will admit that there were plenty of opportunities with uh, Einar Stigander that I didn't go level up when I could. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever I have a chance to level up, I'll go try to find something really pretty quickly. But I've leveled up so many times in archery and one-handed weapons and stuff. Oh, yeah. right. You know, that that's yep. kind of... So anyway, awesome. Um, at Mixwater Mill, at last check, now uh, my Khajiit is lurking around in dark shade uh, for the first time. Um, I have completed like zero good quest lines, and so I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around this little ADD, you know, walkabout <laughs> issue, which is just trying to get everything visible on the map at the moment. Because you said mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of episodes, have you gone here? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Well, you can't get there, and I'm certainly not fast traveling at this point because there's no place to go, you know, when you only have like Mm -hmm. 11 places. So I'm trying to just sort of meander everywhere and uh, back out to the map every once in a while. And at least I've got enough stuff that if I, you know, have to deal with dumping things, now I know how to do that. And uh, What kind of a, a, how would you classify the character as far as, you know, combat style, that kind of thing? Uh, very typical for how I like to play other games. And I don't understand the value of the magic and the potions (laughs) unless I'm seriously down on health or stamina. So it's melee, um, two-handed, single? Uh, Typically typically bow and arrow unless I get into a single-handed weapon because I've got the early on. uh, Archer, ranger kind of thing. Okay. Uh, it's a very typical sniper character okay. for those of you who have played with me in other games, right? Um, and what I like about it is, is that it's it's nice because you can get involved and you you take out your one handed weapon or maybe your you know big mm-hmm. uh, two handed sword and go in for finishing shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't really tried to depend too much on Lydia to do a lot of the work. And yeah. part of it is, is that I I sort of need the credit to level up, right? <laughs> so I've got to get in there and do the dirty work myself, yeah. but. <laughs> um, I have so much work to do on learning how to use. I mean, I've got dozens mm-hmm. of soul gems and things like that, but I have barely any shouts to try to regenerate with them. So, okay. Or, mm-hmm. uh, weapons rather, uh, oh, magic okay. weapons that you can yeah, regenerate yeah. with. Soul yeah, gems, you can so. make some of your own enchanted stuff, you know, just level up enchanting. Yeah. You know, burn off some of those, uh, soul gems and get some levels in enchanting that'll help your overall character level, mm-hmm. but it'll kind of give you a chance to play around with that um, that crafting skill, too, and see what you can do. Yeah. I'm assuming, have you um, disenchanted any weapons yet or magic items? No, no. Okay, so as you acquire magic items, you can go to any enchanter's table and then disenchant them. Oh, really? And, and you'll learn the spell. Yeah, you'll ah. learn the enchantment, but the item is destroyed when you do it. But you can I got cast plenty. it on anything else plenty. after that point. Yeah. Okay, but, so, you, so you learn it and keep it forever. Yes. Yep. And then you can place that enchantment then on another item of your choice, provided it's the right category of item. Sure. Right, and yeah. So forth. Not every okay. enchantment can go on every piece. Yep. Important. So, so when you're playing a character who's like specialized in archery, for example, 
if you acquire a ring that gives you an archery bonus yep. or something, one of the things you can do is take it to the enchanting table, disenchant it so you learn that enchantment, and then make yourself a pair of boots, a pair of gloves, a hood, okay. all with the enchantment stack, on them. Stack, and oh, see, that's cool. Okay. Because so, I have right now the amulet <clears throat> of Dibella for speechcraft, the amulet yeah. of Talos for uh, yeah. decreasing shout time. All that stuff. Yeah, uh, you can de-enchant all. Circlet of minor archery. Yeah. Everything is minor. Of it. You're still a loser. We're only going to give you easy ones. Mm-hmm. Circlet of minor archery, right? So I'm yeah. trying to find as many archery-related <clears throat> things right. as I can, and I tend yeah. to... Load up on weapons when I've killed, uh, vanquished my enemies. Yes. Um, but then I tend to go dump them or sell them. Right. 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 Because if yeah. they aren't uh, single-handed uh, weapons like the axe. Yeah, if they're magic, stuff, I, I I always bring them to the enchanter and dis, un- yep, disenchant okay. them. And and w- yeah. When you're and when you're doing that, you're difference. also acquiring levels in um, enchanting that goes yep. towards your levels. Nice. And that what I like about that is. When you're low level enchanting, you know if you if you acquire something that has you know a fifteen percent buff on archery, for example, if you're low level in enchanting and you make your own gear, it's, be it's leveled based on your level in enchanting. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. So so you're not going to probably yeah, get that same. You, you might get like an eight percent bonus instead of the fifteen, but it you depends have on the it. soul gem too. Exactly. It, yeah, it depends on the the level of the soul gem. the The bigger the soul gem, the more powerful the enchantment will be in the end. Okay. But if you create yourself, you know, four pieces of gear that all have an 8% archery bonus on them and you're wearing them all at once, that'll stack. Nice. And you can have it on pieces of gear that you like instead of, you know, uh, Khajiit looks dumb in this, you know, gold <laughs> circlet. I don't like it. Uh, Khajiit wants to wear hood, you yes. know. You can do that, right? So you just put it on the stuff you want. Hood, gloves, boots, and I think... No, yeah, whatever. I don't know exactly. Uh, archery. What that goes, archery go is on. necklace, ring, Circlet, headgear, yeah. and gloves. Okay. So, so basically, when you're at the enchanter, you can di- you can disenchant the item, and then go into your inventory and just select either go yeah. stay at the enchanter and select the enchantment, and only the things available will, will show. be. Yeah, you know, bright. Nice. Everything will be yeah. grayed out. It'll so. show you exactly what you can do. So or tell you know, if you pick a piece of armor, it'll tell you what enchantments you can put on it. That kind yeah. of thing. So you <clears throat> might have been yeah. helpful for me to know that. Now you know. Now I know. But you're only yeah. at level ten. So so a lot yeah, of times, if I find time. something, but it's taken me nine weeks to get to level ten. <laughs> if at, I find at this point, I'm going to be dead by the time I catch <laughs> up to your levels. If I find something good with a decent enchantment on it, you know, like a thirty percent or something. I'll usually keep that around until I'm confident I can create something that's fairly close. Okay. Yeah. Um, can just, you disenchant items that you have enchanted, or it doesn't really matter? At that no, point? because no. you can only you only can disenchant items for enchantments you don't know. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. if you are there particular it, you know kinds what? of magical items that I should be looking for at this level? Mm, anything mm. and everything, really. Yeah. Dis- Places. Disenchant literally everything you can get your hands okay. on. It'll it'll help you with levels, and then it'll give you just a bigger catalog of things to choose from. So if you get attacked by a mage, even though you're not a mage, keep his robe, disenchant it. You'll get the levels, and you'll you'll acquire mm. that enchantment. You may not use it in the future, but who knows? I've got yeah. barrels full of this stuff. And I just need to go grab it, walk yeah. really slow, See, and go disenchant this, it all. I yeah. think this is this is the reason, right, that that you're at level ten <laughs> because <laughs> because I've got them all hiding in barrels. You're, yeah, all you're over stockpiling Skyrim. enchanted <laughs> items. If you went and, and disenchanted all those and learned all those enchantments, I'd be you, at a level thirty. You probably gain a few levels. So what is Probably. an unusual gem? 
So I have one unusual oh. gem I just picked up. What is yeah, that? That's a quest item. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I have yet to find all the unusual gems. I okay. have not either. In fact, it's sad to say, but I've never found all the dragon priests masks either. Oh, I've done that once. I have not done that yet. I've done that once. Okay. It's insane. But um Well I've got like yeah. nine active quests right now, all of which have like one third of them done, which oh, is fine. Yeah. But you know, then I get distracted by the squirrel thing over there, so uh, I have to go there. Yeah, yeah. That happens. Yeah. So, I'm with you. But it's been fun. And I, while I haven't gone through the, the mammoth 15-hour uh, play up time <laughs> that you have, um, I will sit down, and all of a sudden it'll be four hours later. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's so, so easy. To but it's that. great. Yeah. You know, it's, the sort of cramping carpal tunnel issue <laughs> is what gets me to move. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah. uh, I, yeah. I was trying to play with a regular non-gaming mouse the other day. Uh, oh. I don't need to give any plugs for any particular gear. Worst. I have some preferences, but uh, mm-hmm. going back to, it was like a 100 DPI mouse. It oh. was like moving all the way. Oh, my mouse the is table. so bad. I'm afraid that if I get a good one, I'm going to suck really bad because everything's going to move. So I started. Fast. I started carrying one of those. Uh, mm-hmm. You, I mean, you remember the old Razer Pro Solutions ones? I haven't sold yeah. them for a long time, but I have a few of them, mm-hmm. and now I just carry one of them in my bag. Yep. I want to I want to get a a better faster one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've got a Mad Cat's mouse that goes with me literally. I mean everywhere that my gaming PC goes it comes mm-hmm. with. And then I've got a I've got the Razer game mat. It's a game surface, so yep. it's a, you know, actually a piece of coated aluminum. It's like ice. Oh. You know. It's so good. I have it in my bag. There it is. Yep. I have one like that too. It's mine's black, but it's uh, the only disadvantage is in Minnesota in the wintertime, keeping your hand on a piece of metal all day. Can a piece of aluminum. Like <laughs> don't frostbite. Lick, don't lick it. Yeah. Well, don't play outside. Yeah, I try not to put my tongue on it, but, you know, it's so hard sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Stop playing outside in winter. It would be good. What's wrong, Stu? What's going on there? I stuck my tongue on the day mouse pad. <laughs> Idiot. And yes, it really happens. Uh-huh. So, but picking up mammoth tusks, by the way, not a problem when you're in a place where other people have slain the mammoths. It's fabulous. Yeah. Rather than going in and being the golf ball with the giants, uh, (laughs) which I still have not been able to get completely around. I love Um, that. But just back to basics Mm -hmm. for me, it's just been, it's been so fun. I have managed to amass and uh, throw away a huge number of lock picks. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also don't know what to do with the death hound collars. I don't know. Anything? I always have a penchant for picking those up too, just yeah. because. But I have yet to find a use it's for it's them. Like I need to go make a giant scary wind chime or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh. All right. S and M. No, no, no. S and M shop. No. <laughs> We're gonna set it up next to the Scoomaville. Oh, Bring it on down to Scoomaville. Yeah, we can have a have, just make some kind of a freaky strip mall outside of White Run that's got got. Oh, uh, it'd have to be down in the uh, the beggars. Well, in, in Markarth. I there. was thinking there that uh, you know, well, of course, I'm using the the cannabis mod, so uh, there's a shop outside White Run called Your Highness, <laughs> and it could just be a, a strip mall there. Where oh yeah, that would, there be you like, go. that would be sort of like Saint Sabrina's here yeah. in town, right? You could buy your red district weed, your S and M stuff, and a little skooma vendor Come on there. Buy yourself a death hound collar. <laughs> I know you need one. Yes. And and here's our fur-lined one. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways. Anyway, so that's where I am. I, okay. I am going to go and see between now and the next time we're here how many things I can disenchant. <laughs> and we'll count how many levels I can go. See, now the thing with the disenchant, uh, if you can't disenchant something, it's because you already know it. So at that point, you can or just go and sell I'm it. stupid. Yeah. Then sell it. 
or throw it at someone. So I, I find it funny that my own kind, the Khajiit, mm-hmm. treat me with such disdain when I come and mm-hmm. want to sell stuff to them. I know that it's just about the gameplay, but they should be like, come on, brother, we got to <laughs> yeah. give you a good deal here. Instead, they're mm-hmm. treating me like Watto from Star yeah. Wars. Oh, you're, we give you a great deal on Star Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a, give me as much cash as I want, right? I know. <laughs> I You know, it's funny. I've never... I've never had the Skyrim Khajiit experience, um, and I'm, like I'm going to have to play a Khajiit at some point, but I don't have a plan here. I can tell you a very future, important bit of information. Khajiit what, what's that? do not always land on their feet like regular cats do. <laughs> uh, and it is possible to kill your horse uh, by oh. going off of a fairly steep oh, outcropping. Yeah. Uh, that was messy and noisy, and I really needed yeah. the horse. Um, yeah. I've lost three horses by now. <laughs> it's God, I'm so mad. <laughs> I want to know why I can't have yeah. several horses in a train carrying yeah. all of my loot. Yeah, Joe sent me a text message this weekend with lots of expletives and stuff. <laughs> and lost another horse. <laughs> <laughs> freaking bandits. Yeah. They keep wiping my horses out. <laughs> They're expensive. They are. They are they expensive. Are. And successfully stealing a horse really is a huge pain. Uh, well, Robards never play, paid for a horse. I so I don't think robards. It's the principle of the thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but see, yeah. th- we're learning a lot here, aren't we? Looking it's across the table flesh, at Robard man. here. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's horse flesh, man. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. That's the end of uh, good, my uh, rather good lengthy up- update. Good update for Welp, right? Oh, yes. That's his yes, name, yes, right? For Welp? Khaji- for Welp, Welp the Khajiit. Yes. Yeah. I Perfect. Love it. Yeah. So you're going to do that uh, companion's quest line. Eventually. I'm assuming yep. at some point. You'll just fit right in. Totally. You'll, you'll be like you've always been there. <laughs> you'll feel so at home Yay. right away. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So, How about you, uh, Stu? Yes. I think we'd like to turn to Stu now. Yeah, I've been playing Robard, um, and uh, I don't know, just I finally uh, decided that it was time for me to kind of uh, get serious about building the encampment for his operation, so I uh, busted out Tundra Defense and spent some time over the last couple of weeks pecking away at that um and I, I decided to actually build it at uh, Nilheim Tower, which has proven to be kind of an interesting choice and sort of a really bad choice as well. Because Why? Uh, Nilheim is a noted spawn point for a group of bandits. Oh. And so, you know, Tundra Defense automatically, unless you change it, Tundra Defense will automatically spawn people to attack you. But what I nice what's been happening is I'm getting Tundra Defense spawning attacks and In I'm getting the, the, the location itself <laughs> oh, spawning attacks, all of which are augmented by organized bandits oh, in Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been really messy, man. So you've been um, on Berserker mode, right? Oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I like that spot, though. 
Um, the tower itself has been pretty cool. I I actually um, placed the well. I took the campfire out where the campfire is normally down in there. There's this campsite below the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I disabled the camp the campfire and I put the well in its place. And so my entire encampment is kind of a radius from that that well outward. I like the spot because the whole back part of the camp, and in fact, probably half of the camp is protected by a sheer cliff that goes, you know, what that's basically where the rift drops off at that point. And it's hundreds and hundreds of feet. And so what I did is uh, created my encampment there so the back is covered. And then I created kind of a small harbor area where I've got some docks and my boats can come in and dock there. And then uh, the bridge is pretty well protected. Um, I put an outpost there and I've I've laced that area with bear traps and stuff that make it pretty daunting for, you know, I've got to, it's kind of funny because they're laid out in a particular pattern. And so uh, I can have Robard run full blast sprint across that without hitting anybody as long as I do the pattern right. <laughs> you know, so he's like, you know, um, so then that that really kind of leaves a hillside. And the hillside, um, I have patrolling guards on the hillside, uh, and then there's water all along there, a river on one side and a lake on the other. So they kind of patrol the shoreline, and then I've got some interior patrol that that kind of go around the the buildings in there. But what's neat is uh, I've been able to use the tools inside Tundra Defense to basically completely refurb that old broken-down tower. Mm, Cool. So I repaired all the holes in the floor, and then put an additional ceiling on it. So, uh, and then added, uh, so it's got my enchanting table and all that stuff. I created a third floor. So cool. you know how that Nilheim okay. tower is, you can take a stairway up and there's just this little platform that has a chest up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I added a, a whole floor uh, that extends He's above the main room. area. So yeah, I added a bonus room to it, which is really nice because one of the things that... Um, unless you're actually looking for it that most people don't realize is that on the opposite side of that stairway, there's another um, overlook point, but you can't get to it because there's no way to get to it um, unless you jump up on the rim of the wall and carefully walk all the way around. So when I created that third floor, I basically connected that stairway to that section over there and then filled out the whole floor and um, added my enchanter's table and my alchemy table up on the third floor. Then the second floor, um, now it's got a roof over it. So I added in a bed there, uh, a table and a chair. I added in um, some some candle stands for lighting and a bookshelf. And then down on the third, on the bottom floor, I cleared that area out. And it's kind of interesting because that's where I dropped my guild starter marker and I've uh, recruited three people for my guild. I have um, Janessa, and I got Amran, and then I got Uthgird the Unbroken. And oh, I like her. Yeah, they're they're all members of my guild now. And I made that first floor the guild headquarters, and they Sweet. all kind of hang around in there. Um, I send uh, Janessa and Amran out on missions. But Uthgird stays there, and I put her in, like, super mega. Like, I, I tried to find the best heavy armor I could find for her, and I put her in that. And so when those bandits spawn in, 
They spawn in there, and Uthgird's waiting for them, man. <laughs> and she just lays waste. And you just sit back and Perfect. watch. <laughs> yeah, she's she's so awesome, right? She's you know, a tank. Like she you walk in there, and she's like, you know, she calls me soft gut all the time, you know. And I'm like, yeah, this is the best, you know. She's like, uh, so funny, but yeah, I, I I forget what mod it's from, but she's got um, I use the immersive armors mod, and then I I. I put her in the Vanguard armor, and then for a weapon, she's got a massive um, spiked mace and a big round shield. The mm. spiked mace is—I've uh, never seen anything like it. It's—it's it's really kind of amazing, um, big nasty-looking thing. But she basically holds down the fort there. So it used to be that I was—I was putting stationary guards in there from Tundra Defense, oh, and, and they were—they were getting, they were getting yeah, slaughtered all the time. I was too busy worried about sweet rolls. So yeah. <laughs> now, now Uthgird is in there, man, and she they they pop in, and it, you know it, they pop in, and I just have this vision in my head of you know her having a big toothy grin, like come on, meet mine, you know. Um, so I cleared most of the furniture out of there, and then what I did is I just it was kind of fun. I you did or she did? I did. Um, I put in a circle of chairs. So all it is is a circle of five chairs that all kind of sit in the middle of the room facing each other, and then. Um, I hung a chandelier from the ceiling. So there's like a candle chandelier that hangs right in the center of that circle. And when all of the guild members are present, they'll sit in those chairs in a circle looking at each other like they're having a meeting, you know? And it's (laughs) it's really awesome. And then I put a spit in there with some food and a campfire and and torches on the walls. And it, it really kind of feels like it is a, is a guild headquarters. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't dropped that yet. Yeah. I should, I should do that soon. I finally I forgot yeah, about it, honestly. I finally did it because I just needed to have someone protect that area because it seemed like, you know, every every day I was I was hearing like commotion up there. <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd go running up there and the there was going on up here. Yeah, there'd be some I told you kids to keep it quiet. Some clown in there who just materialized with a battle axe and killed all my guys, <laughs> you know, like anyway. But so that that's worked out really good though. Um what what I've done basically is the objective was this is supposed to be a smuggler's camp, so it needs to be concealed. So what I did is set it up in, in using Tundra Defense, I've used stairways and scaffolding and pallets and basically created an entire encampment that that goes down the face of the cliff. So you follow these stairways in a series of switchbacks, and um, every once in a while there's a platform with something going on. So there's one platform that's big enough. I constructed it big enough that it has the general store on it. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, and, and another one that you go way around, kind of down down the cliff and around a, a remote corner, and at the bottom there's a platform where you can get access to the mine, which is carved right into the side of the cliff. Um, it's very cool, and I was able to use platforms to create... Um, if you know, if you're familiar with how Nilheim Tower works, this is the place where... Um, that bandit Telrav will tell you that he that he's been attacked and he's in trouble and will you escort him to his camp and all that stuff mm. and it turns out to be a trap but he has you cross this bridge and you have to cross the bridge over a waterfall it's a really narrow bridge to get you to the campsite so what i actually did is um came down the back of the cliff and created a series of wood walkways that take you all the way around to the 
around the cliff to a point where you can stand and look up at the bridge from, oh. from around there. Oh, nice. And what, what's been interesting is, is, is I've learned, what I've learned about Tundra Defense is it, it is a full 360 degree, it, it's, it's basically a sphere around your starting point, not a flat circle, right? So I'm able to build down and, and up as well inside that space. So as I was building out and I was running into the outside edges of my usable space, I started going on the cliff and building down mm-hmm. and, and around, and it's, it's turned out really awesome. So I was going to ask if there were any unintended consequences of doing that, and it sounds like you found one mm-hmm. of them, right? A, a good yeah. one. Any, yeah. any unintended consequences that are bad, not in your favor? Um, well... I, I think one of the one of the issues, of course, is that when I'm doing this, I'm adding a very elaborate structure with a lot of new items and models mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the space. Um, so far, performance has been really actually pretty good inside the smugglers camp. I was having some trouble over the weekend um, with crashes to desktop, but I've determined that those were actually, I think, because of uh, climates of Tamriel. There's something oh. going on with my climates of Tamriel setup because the one thing that seemed they all seemed to have in common was that there was some major weather event going on oh. when mm. I would crash to desktop. Okay. So I don't really, in the end, I I don't think it has anything to do with Your my yeah, setup. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed any kind of performance, but then again, yeah. in the area I chose, it's it's dark. I don't yeah. have the same type of... Yeah of lighting effects and all that. Mm-hmm. Although I've been trying to scatter as many torches around as possible, but right. there is an advantage um, in being able to be a Khajiit and not have to have the torches. That's true. Well, <laughs> as a vampire, I don't need them either, but yeah, my people do. Robard <laughs> needs them. He's constantly cursing the fact that he can't see, you know, like <laughs> I thought that was because he was um, lit for a totally different reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's the interesting thing too here is I, I'm, <clears throat> I think it's okay for me to make an official announcement here. My, my plan is that, uh, I am going to use Robard as the basis to launch a new Skyrim let's play that will focus on Robard specifically. Mm. And I'm trying to get him to a point where I feel like he's leveled where I need him to be. This is not a start from beginning let's play. In fact, I don't know that I'd even call it a let's play. It's it's going to be a couch warrior style let's play. But I've come up with a format that will allow me to do this and do it within the structure I've created for myself or the time limits I've created mm-hmm. for myself. Now what it means is I'm probably going to end up once again pulling back on Dark Messenger and pulling back on Anthology and, and, you know, things like that. Um, But this will allow me to do some storytelling and do it, you know, in Couch Warrior style using this character. So once the the story kicks off, my guess is he's probably going to be about level 40 when the story kicks off. So uh, what I'm doing now is kind of setting the stage for that and for me to do what I want to do is it just requires me to test a lot of mods, try some things out. Cool. And, and what I'm kind of doing is building the set pieces that I'll use to tell my story. Sure. So, um, more later. Yeah. So you can look forward to that. Um, it's going to be story driven. Things will be scripted, not to the extent that they were, there will be scripted pieces and then unscripted pieces. Um, there will be supporting characters and other things going on, just like, a. a a couch warrior let's play should be um but it's going to be 
Robard will be the focus of this first one. So there will be some uh, some warnings for mature language and, and so <laughs> forth. Um, I'm not going to hold back with this character, so uh, it, it'll be kind of fun. And, and I'm going to try to role play it a bit more. So there's going to be, I think, more sort of on-the-fly voice acting and just of kind couch, of general a of fun. Jessa, a bit of Yeah, yeah, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. So I've been trying a lot of different things just to see what works. What, what would be fun? Very cool. Let it out, man. Yeah. But to clarify, I mean, this isn't going to be a, a production like the Aranus. No. No, this is this is a, a play along of no. whatever. It's a, it's a yeah. real, more yeah. true to the term. Yep. This is a story-driven and role-play-driven let's play. But uh, while some pieces will be scripted and there will be... Um, cut scenes for them. Uh, it, it is going to be done in more of a consistent sort of formulaic way. Each episode will start with a cut scene that sets the episode up that will be anywhere from two to five minutes long. And then we'll proceed to the let's play. And during the okay. let's play, cool. I'll introduce some role play aspects that are kind of off the cuff role mm-hmm. play um, but the intro scenes will help set up each piece. And that way, um, I can limit the amount of time that I spend doing video production and script writing for each episode. Right. So I don't have a release date yet, but uh, plans are in the works. So Sweet. Yes. Very nice. All right. Well, I, it sounds to me like we are ready to move on to play theory. Uh, OP equals BS, people. Stick around. Welcome to Play Theory, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, the theme is OP equals BS. And before we get into the discussion, I thought that uh, I would just give everybody a little bit of rundown on, on what my theory is about this. Why Why are we talking about this Do you this have a topic? theory? I, Let's well, hear your theory. It is play theory, after all. Mm. Right? Hmm. I thought it was play theory. Where's the emphasis go? Mm, on the wrong syllable, right. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, one of the things that's always bothered me is that we, we have a lot of people out on the Nexus who are building really great mods. And then what will happen is some clown will come into the comments and say, oh, this is overpowered, blah, blah, blah. It's game-breaking. It's this and that and the other thing. And that that whole argument has always bothered me because... I think just as there are infinite ways in this game 
that you can make it more interesting for role play or whatever it is your obje- your objective is. There are so many other ways that you can make the game more challenging. Right. And and so I, I think that this whole discussion of this spell is overpowered, this mod's overpowered, this piece of armor or enchantment is overpowered. I think it's um I think it's a little bit of a false position. And so what I wanted to do is take an opportunity uh, in tonight's play theory segment to talk a little bit about this idea of not not just mods that might be overpowered. That's not really the focus here. The focus is um, what can you do in-game to to set the stage for any mod that you want to use. Right. So if a mod is an extremely powerful mod, uh, who cares? And what what's can the we, context? Yeah. How does it fit? What is the context? Yes. How does it fit? And what can we do in our game to make it fit, to make it work? Because uh, I think that there are a lot of mods out there, and this particularly happens, I think, with a lot of spell mods where people say that, you know, uh, a collection of spells is is overpowered. Um, well, you know, that you have to take that in context. It's only overpowered if if what your objective if your objective is to really just go and kill everybody in white run then fine you know you're you're playing a character intentionally overpowered but if you're a role player that means nothing in the 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 idea of overpowered or game breaking means nothing um because there are other ways that you can mm-hmm. increase the challenge so um that kind of sets the stage for what this conversation is about and I, and for me it's really um Showing our support, in a way, to those people who are taking the time to create some really cool mods, mm-hmm. only to have someone come into the comments on Nexus and and basically poo-poo what it is they're building because they say it's overpowered or game-breaking. I just don't buy that. I, I think some I people have. just got to ruin the world with some negative comments. Yeah, but well, some folks are like that. But some folks are like that. That's Wet okay. blanket on the campfire, whatever. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but sir, I mean... I don't know how long it takes for you to make the micromods, right? For folks who are building some of these epic game-changing mm-hmm. mods, there's, oh, there's this some has effort. to be hundreds and hundreds of hours of right. time that goes into planning mm-hmm. and building them. Just the simple fact that someone's got the courage to publish it, Yep, huge kudos for me. Yeah. Uh, you want to come out and criticize it, I say the same thing. If you complain about the people <laughs> running for office, you think you can do better, you better do it. Exactly. You know, and I would love to see more people do more mods and find out what you think is Mm -hmm. worthwhile. Publish it. Right. Exactly. Don't stand there and criticize. Well, as we often, as we often do during our play theory segments, um, I'm going to, I'm going to start by giving a specific example of this and then we can kind of go from there. Um, one of the mods that I, I think is very interesting and I'm, one of my recent characters, we've, we've talked about him in early episodes, is Julian. Um, Julian Wingate mm-hmm. Bitteridge. Yep. <laughs> he, he is very <laughs> interested in Dwemer yes. science and technology, right? Well, there's a mod out there that uses pieces from the vanilla game of Dwemer artifacts to create essentially what's an exoskeleton that you can, you can get into, you can wear it. And it gives you enhanced abilities, enhanced physical abilities, speed and strength and all these kind of different things, right? And uh, there have been a whole, you know, series of videos on it and stuff like that. And the term that keeps coming up all the time is how powerful it is and that it's overpowered and that it's game breaking and that it's this and that and the other thing. And that has always bothered me because I think I have a hard time believing that 
even in an exoskeleton like that, if I enhance the AI and I increase the difficulty of my game, and then I drop in a game like or, or a mod like Elemental Dragons, that I am not going to get trashed over and over and over again by very powerful creatures. So, you know, I, I it, it bothers me a little bit to see something like that, to see what is essentially a really cool mod. You can build this exoskeleton by gathering the parts and things like that. It's really very cool, but to see people kind of down on it because they think it's overpowered. And uh, I think there's, you know, that that's an objective thing, you know, whether or not... I don't uh, mean to be cruel. I just keep thinking of the word whiners. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I can think of mm-hmm. so many ways that you could make the game harder, commensurate mm-hmm. with the capability of the mod. Yeah. I agree with it. That, that's a total pile of bull. It, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think depending on the kind of character you're playing, certain mods like that, for example, the exoskeleton, that could be the centerpiece of an entire playthrough. Totally. Where you say that, you know... The end game for my character is that he is going to be the smartest guy in the world who is able to uncover the secrets of the Dwemer and build this fantastical thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a game that includes lore about things like the Numidium, which was oh, a, yeah. a giant uh, apocalyptic robot, basically, <laughs> built much. by the Dwemer <laughs> yeah. that can destroy everything, right? So it so fits right in. It, in oh, that case. It, it yeah. very well could. You could tie it into the ethereal wars and mm-hmm. yeah. all that good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, there's the, the there's Dwemer, a challenge right there. Some, the Dwemer is really cool. Mm-hmm. Somebody's epicosity project ought to, be do, ought to be that. Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. Well, there's no reason at all that something like you know, an exoskeleton mod like that can't be the centerpiece of somebody's playthrough, the mm-hmm. centerpiece for the right character. Right. Um, or, you know, any other mod for that matter. So if there's a super powerful weapon or a piece of armor that right, uh, right. maybe that's make kind it, of... Make it the do you center gem of, of your collection or whatever. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, something you know, like that, right? Or like a set of armor that's really cool mm-hmm. and you get something different, you go put it on the mannequin. Maybe this is something mm-hmm. that you search out and you try to build and... Maybe use it a couple times for whatever reason your character might have, right. and then you mm-hmm. just put it in your museum. Right. Well, um, typically the core of that argument, of the the OP or game-breaking argument, is always that it makes the game too easy. And I think if one of the things that we can say about Skyrim is if, if we were to compare Skyrim to a lot of other games that come out, whether they're first-person shooters or, you know... Um, you know, I, I don't know, RTS-type games or whatever. Skyrim does not rank very high in the challenge level, period, even if you're pay- playing at Legendary. I mean, honestly, if if I invest in the right skills and I, you know, do my own crafting and I'm playing a stealth character and I'm making my own bow and enchanted gear, I get to a point pretty quickly, you know, by level 30 or 40, where I can one-shot a lot of stuff, even on Legendary. So um, I don't think that at its core, Skyrim was designed with the idea that the primary focus was going to be on how challenging it was going to be. The primary focus, I think, on a game like Skyrim has always been about the experience and about Mm -hmm. how the player 
feels. You're supposed to feel heroic. It's supposed to be, it, it, it's an, a role-playing game. And so um, while the game needs to be challenging in order to be engaging, I think that the game can be challenging without your character having to die over and over and over again. <laughs> right? Stop pointing oh, yeah. at me. What? I keep dying all the time. <laughs> a little bit of armor wouldn't be such a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> a well, lot yeah, would be arm, even better. Arm, arm a lot of armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but the, I can see a situation where you would go from dying all the time, like I have been, right? It's I call it experience, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to wanting to try something like that out and feeling like, oh, I'm king of the universe now. But yep. then you look back on it and say, I don't know that I really learned anything from playing, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and that's where I think that taking your example, Joe. There's a really good opportunity to try it. Maybe it's part of some of your quests, maybe something like that. You don't have to you don't have to feel bad about your decision to try the mod. No. You no, know, no. And, and that's where and I think I if it doesn't I, fit your character, don't use it. Yeah. yeah mean, exactly. And if you, I would and personally, if you don't have a character, then use it all you want. If you have a character <laughs> that you're trying to role play right. through the game, uh-huh. you have a little bit different uh, I don't know, emotional mm-hmm. proximity to your character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to feel guilty about taking on something that isn't yours, right? right. Yeah. So, I, so, sorry to interrupt. No, you, no, 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 that's all right. No, I I think it's, you know, I I think where where I get offended is like when when somebody feels the need then to go out on the nexus and be dickish about it, you know? So, I mean, let's... Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to go to that length to express your opinion, mm-hmm. back it up with something. Right. Why? Mm-hmm. Or give some yeah. constructive criticism. Most mod mm-hmm. authors are actually really receptive mm-hmm. to new ideas mm-hmm. or some criticisms. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a bug somewhere, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But to just come out and say... This sucks. It's overpowered, and just say nothing else. Yeah. Well, the key Doesn't is no one any good. Yeah, it's overpowered for your game and whatever your friggin' play right. style is. You know, but why it's is not it necessarily for everyone else, right? You so open that dialogue, yeah, and then people can start making better decisions yeah. on whether it's something that mm-hmm. they want to try or not. Yeah, and it may have saved somebody else's game. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go in there, and all of a sudden you feel guilty because someone else said it was too much. Yeah, it's <laughs> the only thing. Well, there, there's two sides <laughs> to, to to this argument all the time, too, and it's so annoying, right? On the one hand, you'll have a person say, "Oh, you know, the the exoskeleton mod is is overpowered, and it makes my character too powerful." But then at the same time, they'll look at a mod like Elemental Dragons, and they'll say, "Oh, no, the enemies are too powerful." Well, you're, <laughs> you're just never going to be freaking happy, then, are you? Right. So. <laughs> Let's talk about let let's this is a play theory segment. Let's get into something practical for Skyrim role players, mm-hmm. which is let's talk about ways that you can increase the challenge presented by the game. Um I've been playing for a long time now and so I can gauge pretty quickly what is the right level for me in just the vanilla game settings. And uh you know, I don't always play at master or legendary level. A lot of times when I start a character, because I'm getting to know them and figuring out how I want to play them, you know, I'll start them at adept or expert level. And then over time, every 10 levels or so, I'll bump up the vanilla difficulty. But that's, you know, that's something that anybody can do in the vanilla game. I don't even know and that I've ever changed it. The, the effect there is... Uh, 
it's not stunning, right? I mean, essentially, it, it doesn't make your enemies any smarter. What it does is no, give them more hit them, points. And yeah. Basically. They do more damage, right? Right, right. So uh, once you up that, you may get one-shotted by bandit archers more often oh, sure. and stuff like that, right? Which is fine. But there are other ways to increase the difficulty with mods, increase the challenge, right? Right. So. Well, the um, the bandit mod. Mm-hmm. Um, O-B-I-S. Yeah. O-B-I-S. Yes. Organized bandits, bandits in Skyrim. Correct. Yep. Uh, I found that to be a really good mod just Love because, it. one, the variety of the bandits mm-hmm. and each type of bandit has a unique skill set. And they're tough. I mean, mm-hmm. they're smart. They stay angry a lot longer. Yep. And they will find you eventually if you're not yep. you know, actively moving around quietly. Right. Yeah. It, I'm it playing basically, on expert, by the way. That's fine. That's good. I, I, I personally, awesome. I, for a long time, I played, uh, I think on the lowest, whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, just until I got a feel for the game. And quite mm-hmm. honestly, at the There's time, like toddler or something. I kind of right? liked Novice. being the boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. It, it was fun at the time, and then now, uh, now mm-hmm. I got more experience with the game. I, mm-hmm. you know, I bumped that up. I'm thrilled right. that I've been playing on expert. Yeah, I mean that's great. It's no shame, now right? Being so killed hundreds of times. A game like OBIS, um, Organized Bandits in Skyrim, like you're saying, yes, it it does increase the difficulty. I think it, it slightly improves the AI of mm-hmm. the bandits. Um, it inc- in it allows you to throttle up and down the number of bandits that appear mm-hmm. and the frequency with right. which they appear. But the other thing it does from role-playing a sense, it's like you're saying, it, it adds more varieties and you see the bandits use all kinds of interesting and unique magic more often. Right. Um, I love the idea that the bandits kind of form factions, like really weird and kind of yeah, interesting yeah. factions. Yeah, some more difficult than others, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll do things like they'll use poisons. Um, I encountered a a group of bandits not too long ago where there was one um, woman in this bandit clan who who was got had to be at least a foot taller than all the rest of them. I've come across a few. Yeah. Yeah. Way bigger than me. Yeah. And she had a a huge war hammer and I was scared (laughs) to death of her, man. Yeah. you know, so yes, um, OBIS is a great one. And another related one is Genesis. Okay, I'm not familiar with that yeah. one. Genesis, what it what it does is it will, for example, in a dungeon, it'll take a look at all, it, it basically surveys all the enemies that are in that type of dungeon. And it oh, will okay. Okay. dynamically sounds, create more right. enemies and spawn them in. Hmm. Right. But it's smart enough to kind of spread them out throughout the entire dungeon okay, I've, instead I've of... looked at this before. Yeah, and yep. ha- instead of having a crowd appear in all in one place. So <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, I know. <laughs> what? Um, so if you feel like, you know, the dungeons are too sparsely populated... Genesis is a great way to do that, but it it doesn't it doesn't impact immersion because it mm-hmm. if it's uh it you know takes a, what's already in yeah. that if it's a area. if it's a bandit focused cave then there's more bandits if sure. it's Draugr, there's more Draugr. and I've found that with Genesis some interesting things have happened too where I've had instances where I've gone into locations where the bandits are and Genesis. Um, has spawned bandits behind me, Ooh. 
but it didn't just spawn them behind me. It actually had them come in through the door. Oh, which, oh. which totally <laughs> they usually made sense. never do. Yeah, it, it totally made sense, right? Uh, another one that I um, I had immersive creatures installed. Okay, and that just throws in a slew of new uh, and different creature characters right. and NPCs or NPCs rather, mm-hmm. uh, based on the terrain uh, and the area. So, but I actually dis uh, disengaged that one just because it was starting to get some kind of really weird. Like mm-hmm. almost like land-based dragons, that kind of stuff. Some of the creatures were a little too weird for me. Okay, um, but yeah, that one, that one specifically, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically a, like a dragon on land, and oh. it, it just chased me all over the place. I had a <laughs> hell of a time getting, wow, bringing that thing down. But um, what I was getting to it for this because that one also includes the armored skeletons. Okay, so what I had done is I took that immersive creatures mod out because also I was getting like reclings oh, in the really? snowy areas and stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's weird. They shouldn't be here. Okay. It, they uh, were in areas that didn't have snow. No, even? they were in the snowy areas, but they were on the main land and they, were, like, on sky, yeah, they were on sky. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this just, it Not didn't feel solstein. right. So okay. that just seems like a real solstice yeah. thing to me. And they shouldn't be on this side of the, yeah. <laughs> the okay. water. Okay. But uh, I took that out, but there's another mod that specifically is for the armored skeletons. Okay. Uh, so I installed that because that's actually what I wanted. So what that mm-hmm. does is that actually adds, like it says, skeletons that are in armor. Okay. Uh, along they're a little w- tougher? They're tougher, and they can also potentially reanimate. Oh, wow. So if you bring one down, it'll start to come back, and it'll come back at you. Oh, my gosh. And there's different types of skeletons, like necromatic skeletons, mage skeletons, that kind of thing with okay. casting. All right, so this is a big enhancement of kind of that whole undead space. Yeah, and it's specific is... to skeletons in this mm-hmm. particular case, so not the drug or anything. But, okay. Um, so it makes those creatures a lot more difficult. Yeah, I and, like that. And the fact that they can come back on you after you whack them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind just of a pisser. It was like, yeah, that's a little yeah. disconcerting, right? Yeah, but they, uh-huh. they do look cool because they have some nice, you know, mm-hmm. they look better with, because it makes sense that, Right. You know, the flesh is gone, but the yeah. armor wouldn't have disappeared. But it seems to me like getting uncomfortable with a game mm-hmm. that you're comfortable with is yeah. like exactly what you would want to do in a case like that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would think so. And so what the, I I think the classification of um, mods that we're talking about right now are are kind of enemy enhancements, right? These, yeah. these are enhancements of the enemies. Uh, right. whether they're, Either they're adding more or making them a little smarter. Or creatures or humanoid. Or a combination. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so that that's one way. That's one way, yep. And uh, adjusting the difficulty in the game itself is, is another way. Um, another way we can do this, of course, is we can introduce something like a combat mod. So right oh, now yep. I'm using a mod called Ultimate Combat. And that introduces uh, a bit more AI challenge with enemies. So when you're actually in combat with enemies, they will do more dodging. They will do more blocking. Oh. Okay. They will, you know, they they react in, in a more interesting and varied way. Sure. So they will um, kind of pay attention to what's going on with you, and they will press the attack if they feel like they have an advantage or they may pull back if they feel like uh, they need to, right? I so, may not have noticed that without thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's it, to me, there, there are several mods out there that will enhance the combat AI. This one I particularly, uh, I chose to use this one because uh, one of the other ones I was considering interfered with player head tracking, which to me is essential oh, right. for role mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. But this one um, enhances the overall combat AI, which also includes some headshot capability okay, and stuff well. like that so you know and it's not just me i mean i'm headshotting enemies but they are headshotting me as well <laughs> uh, and when you combine that mod with a mod like organized bandits which introduces Ooh, bandits into the game like steel shots right. um, for example who is a they're a kind of a group of grouping of bandits that are both specialists and mm-hmm. they're really like deadly and we then we introduce this kind of headshot mechanism oh yeah right? it makes sense um, to pair them. yeah totally. I mean, it really does yeah exactly you know so so there's this whole classification of combat ai mods right and right. there's a bunch of them out there that you can choose and many of them will work together in concert with one another right um so that's another way right mm-hmm. so uh what else can we do to to increase the difficulty we can look for mods like for example we we'd mentioned earlier elemental dragons which introduces oh, a whole a, bunch a, of different a ones, bazillion yeah. new variations on the dragon, some of which are extremely really powerful difficult. that can spawn other enemies and right. can do all kinds of crazy things. Um, what about environmental mods? Yeah, environmental mods, we can increase the difficulty there too. Um, oh, yeah. Right? Frostfall, you can, yep. you can certainly uh, jack yep. yourself up on that one. Yeah, absolutely. So we introduce um, Frostfall, and now let's say... We're suffering from hypothermia, and then we get attacked. Right. Oh, um, yeah. No, I've... Right? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> been oh, it's, there. The, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you really want to get hardcore, man... Um, yeah, if you really want to get hardcore, yeah, frostfall mm-hmm. and turn on so you can freeze mm-hmm. to death. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the environment will literally kill you then at that point. You get too um, cold and you die. Is it... Totally... The, yeah. Is it it's just like going outside here in winter? Mm-hmm. Is it yes. climates that will, uh, like a snowstorm, yep. will, will blind you? Yep. So Climates of Tamriel will create blinding snowstorms and so rainstorms. So if you get attacked while you're in hypothermia with a snowstorm and you can't see Jack. You're so screwed. You're, 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 <laughs> you're really screwed. Really I don't sorry. care what your exoskeleton Where has on Where was it. your spawn I point? I know, right? <laughs> So yeah, I mean the 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 environment is can be um, the greatest antagonist in the world, realistic especially needs Skyrim, and diseases. So. Does that add? Yep, realistic needs and diseases will um, add things like um, enhanced disease effects. You can get food poisoning. You can you know there's all kinds of things there. You can suffer from you know deprivation from water and food. Sure, uh, cool things like that. Right. I have one called First Aid that I just put in, and mm. I'll have to do a little more research on it, but um, <clears throat> that one, I believe, will affect the rate of which you heal if you're injured badly. Okay. And so, but it it gives you the ability to create bandages that you can use for first aid. Oh, nice. But, <clears throat> excuse me, you can't use them during combat. Right. You have to wait till you're away. Oh, you yeah. have to survive combat so yeah. you can treat yourself. Yep. That is... Uh, that's really great. 
That's that's a great example. Um, I could, too powerful. I'll, I'll, over, I'll, overpowerful. You're ruining the game. I'll, yes. I'll look up the more details on it, but it, it's uh-huh. on the Nexus. But um, right. yeah, it's been really cool. You can create the bandages and yeah. and, and it'll heal up like 15 points or whatever it is. So. Yeah. Hmm. Great. And, and that it'll, the depending on what you use, like a meat or an ale to b- make them, mm-hmm. add like a, a cooking pot, Yep. Uh, they'll also act like as an antiseptic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. You can That's suffer cool, from infection. Actually. Yeah, I I haven't really gotten into the the, mm. the meat of the mod, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, I I think on a related note, I recently started using a mod called Archery Gameplay Overhaul, and that one actually has an effect where, uh, when you get shot with an arrow, the arrow stays; it doesn't just go away. Eventually, <laughs> you you actually have to like pull the arrow out. So you look like. A porcupine. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in playing Robard fighting bandits, right, um, I finished out that battle with an arrow, arrow like sticking through my leg. Now, the, the you can, there's certain things you can turn on and off in the game. It, the fact that the arrows are there um, doesn't affect you so much, but there is a bleed effect. Uh-huh. that yep. you can toggle on and off that will cause some extra damage. And then you essentially get what's the equivalent of a power. And when you execute this power, he'll like bend over and, and wrench the arrows out <laughs> and like, you know, and stuff like that. Oh. And so he would pull the arrows out and it would say, okay, you've removed the arrow and now this wound is healing or whatever. Oh, that's a great see, uh, touch. But now with some of these first aid ones, it would feel... yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, forced rest, that kind yes. of thing. Yeah, right. if nothing else, great for role playing. Yes. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I think is really interesting is that um, with with uh, this mod, and this this is going to actually, I think, play a fairly large role um, in my upcoming uh, work with Robard. Is that that archery gameplay overhaul? Mod also has an option you can toggle on and off uh, for trembling of your arm when you're at full pull on oh, the bow. Oh, sweet. That's kind of right. neat. So I've toggled that on, and the longer I hold the bow, the worse the tremors get uh, to the point where it's you know caused me to miss before because I've, oh. I've, I've had the string pulled back oh, for too long. That's curious because with your perk... The longer, I mean, if you hold it for at least five seconds, you're going to get a better damage or better shot. Yep. But if you hold it for five seconds, you're going to start wobbling. Your chances of missing are greater, <laughs> right? Which makes perfect sense. That's a sense. great trade-off. But then yeah. that way you're not walking around with yeah. bow pulled all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And when you consider uh, when you consider the fact that uh, you know he's using a sizable recurve Big. bow with a 120-pound pull, you can't, you can't hold that at your ear. For very long before, <laughs> no. you know, it's, it's it's time to release the tension, right? right. So, um, stuff like that, I think, is is really cool. And that, so I, I think we've crossed over here a little bit. There's some environment uh, types of mods, um, some additional combat, combat enhancement mods, right? Right. I mean, one of the complaints I think you you hear a lot besides just magic is that everybody eventually ends up defaulting to the bow because the the bow is so powerful. In the game, um, I think there are ways to enhance that. What I've done is with between knock to tip and archery gameplay overhaul, I've basically, even though I'm using Percus Maximus, I've disabled my ability 
to hold the string back without draining Forever. stamina. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> and and then I'm adding the tremor. Right. And if if I can have all these combat enhancements in plus play at master difficulty with enhanced creatures and all this stuff going on and I can still hit my targets at full pull, I feel like I deserve the kill. You know what I mean? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Right? I agree. So out of yeah. curiosity, um mm-hmm. I've I'm toying with the idea of uh, crossing over to the crossbow mm-hmm. for Inaroth. Okay. Um, do you know what kind of effects your your bow enhancement might have for a crossbow? Or I don't believe that it it. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't seem like it should have no. the same types because you're locking no. the string in. Mm-hmm. No archery. Um, the archery combat overhaul, I don't believe, has any significant effect on that. The crossbow. Okay. It, for the most part, what the overhaul does is it introduces um, a lot of new bow animations. Oh, okay. So if you look at the last episode of Dark Messenger, you'll notice that now when he's when he's running with the bow, he's actually holding the bow downward perpendicular to himself with an right. arrow knocked and his fingers on the string and he runs forward that way. Okay. And when yeah. he when yep. he pulls and draws, he's actually much more erect and he's he's pulling straight back sure. to his ear. It's more of a natural kind of position. looking archery yep. position. And then it introduces some optional abilities you can toggle on and off for alternate hand-to-hand combat options where cool. he can actually just take the arrow he's got in his hand and stab someone with it. Um, Which seems, when again, close. totally reasonable, right? Instead right. of having to change weapons. If that was yeah. your choice, that's what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've been messing around a little bit. I mean, I I wanted to introduce more challenge into my gameplay because I'm a, I'm a big lover of archery and, you know, bow or range-based combat, mm-hmm. particularly the bow. Right. Um, With your arrow sustain so, or whatever you call it, does, mm-hmm. it, does it stay visible in your opponents as well? Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. And what it does is it gives me the option now, right? I, I, when I want to retrieve my arrows, I have to go up to a, you know, a dead enemy and I use this option and he'll actually crouch down over the enemies and and try to wrench the arrows out. (laughs) That's cool. And some of the arrows I get back and then some Some of them them snap off and whatever. But, uh, it it just adds sort of a Sweet. level of detail. Yeah, right? that's, that's a nice. Kidding. That's a really nice mod. Yeah, I like that one a lot. It's way so, too powerful. Oh. I just have to tell you, it's way too powerful. I could never use that; it would ruin the game. It's OP and game game breaking. You'd never hit anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so stop calling out what would really happen. Now if you're. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been well, trying to run with this thing, ready to go for 15 minutes. There, there are a lot of mods out there that are specifically created to make the game more challenging. The thing I like about the class of mods like um, archery uh, gameplay overhaul is that there's a lot of things in the MCM menu that you can you can change yourself. Yeah, I've discovered uh, it seems like more and more mod authors are, are utilizing the, yeah. the mod configuration. Thank God. Which is great. It's yeah. really nice to be able to toggle different mm-hmm. options off like that or right. on or right. set different things. Again, it just takes more programming time. Absolutely. You yes. have to be very considerate of what mm-hmm. you should be able to do. But I Yes. Yep. And I, I think one of the things that I is is great about this mod in particular is it gives the archer uh the player a lot of control 
over the camera position and the position of the reticle oh, okay. when you're playing in third person. And I always play, whenever possible, I play in third person, especially when I'm recording because oh, it, right. it, can, it yeah. gives a better sense of character. Mm-hmm. But when I'm actually playing, I play in third person as well. And I go, I I, go into first person for searching yeah, and stuff, yeah. but that's about it. Interesting. So what you can do, though, is use the mod to make adjustments uh, vertically and horizontally to the camera position um, over your character's shoulder. So what I've done on Dark Messenger um, is had the camera drift a bit higher uh, to, oh, okay. to the upper right so I can get a clearer view of of the battlefield. Right. But then I've had to manually adjust my reticle to get it back into the right position. Oh, so yeah. using a tool like that, you could even make some artificial wonkiness you know, built into the way the reticle is positioned right. that that challenge you to compensate. So uh you know when you're when you're out shooting a gun or shooting a bow and you're you're shooting long distances and stuff like that, you're doing things like, you know, compensating right. for well, wind. That's why and people go to the ranges for so the that drop they can calibrate yeah, their for the drop of the projectile. And so what I did is, you know, went to a target and then spent some time trying to dial it in at different yep. ranges, right? Yep. And so I've kind of got things dialed in, but you can Use that if you want to well, found, to make it more challenging. I found that even even just in the in the vanilla mechanic mechanics between the bow mm-hmm. and the crossbow. Yep, uh, my crossbow sight line is way different than my bow shot. Yeah, and uh, absolutely, I'm glad I actually was messing around with it, and I, I had a target n- nearby. And mm-hmm. otherwise, if I would have gone into combat with the crossbow, yep, I would have been missing everything. Mm-hmm. It would have been going way high and up to the right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, so, yeah, I mean that th- these are all great ideas. Um, I th- I think if a person were to do, you know, add some unique and interesting enemies, enhance the combat AI, add some things from some of these mods that are unique to your character, make the environment an antagonist in your story. Yeah. Uh, that all those things together could make a right. game extremely challenging well, without even touching the game. Sentence. Just on top of yeah. that, uh, along with the one, you know, a thing that we mention, you know, fairly frequently, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, character limitations. Yeah. Don't always use the biggest and the best because it's available. Mm-hmm. Use yep. what your character would use. would use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly go out and make the, the you know, best set of daedric armor that i would ever want to make but my character wouldn't be caught dead in that crap so i agree you know if if i'm deciding that i'm not going to put emphasis on something like smithing and i've decided that what i'm going to wear is a set of leather rangers armor and i'm going to specialize in the bow and a short sword well then i have to make my tactics account for the equipment that i've chosen to use well and even with my character now she's wearing heavy armor mm-hmm. she's got a really nice set of heavy plate it's yeah. the spellbinder armor okay um looks great but i found a really nice vampire themed set of armor uh-huh. uh, a mod that i, I installed and um it's kind of like the chaos forge so you can craft it in that similar oh, way sure um but it's all light 
Is this the Lustmord? Yeah, armor. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I, I think yeah. it's going to be really good for for that character mm-hmm. for her character. Right, and that's why I, I brought up the crossbow because in that set is a crossbow option. Yes, and it's kind of a sexy crossbow. Yeah, um, that that crossbow, the Lustmord crossbow, is the crossbow that we see Sumerian using in my. Previews oh, okay. For Act Four, but I think I'm going to don her with that armor. Yeah. I got to go get the right the right yeah. ingredients or the right stuff to make it yeah. all. But um, that means I'm going down from you know I'm downgrading in there my protection. Go. Yep, yep. You know, so much of this is really about role play. I mean, if my if if I just want to run across Skyrim, trying to find harder and harder things to kill, um, I'm probably going to be disappointed. All the time, you know, but I mean, if, if my, if my goal is really about role play, if I really care about role play and like you're saying, Matt, I'm, I'm restricting myself to that steel family sword. Right. And I'm, I'm playing at level 50 and I've literally, you know, crafted it as far up as I can possibly craft (laughs) it. Got as much of enchantment on it as it can take. But I'm facing opponents who are coming at me at, you know, level 50 or 60 with Daedric weapons. Or something like that. Right. Then you know you have to do it a different way. There's there's my challenge yeah, right there. Exactly. And I I think uh, a lot of this has to do with um, some of the concepts we've talked about before about self imposed right weaknesses or vulnerabilities. You know, and, yeah, I know we've said it before, mm-hmm. but it, it's something that we're going to continually come around to because yep. it's it's all about the character. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that we're seeing that you know playing out with your character. Uh, yes. Right now, she's kind making of, decisions. Yeah, it's, it's developing that way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. She's making yeah, decisions she, based on what's best for her. She's definitely kind of sense. come around in a, in a different way than I originally envisioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're seeing her personality come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the core, I think the core of a great character starts with their vulnerabilities. And those vulnerabilities can be physical and they can be psychological and sometimes it's hard in this game to play up a physical you know to type in game Mm -hmm. to play up a physical disability what i've chosen to do with robard is play that physical disability by using some of the options inside archery gameplay overhaul oh right to add the tremble Mm -hmm. right because in in my mind that's not just that's not just Robard, you know, trying to hold back Being that fatigued. string for too long, but it's it's Robard suffering from the long term effects of all of his years of fighting and probably untreated ailments mm-hmm. and you know, we're probably talking about things and, like joint yeah. disease. There's there is a there's a reason why he's Rock joint. There's a reason why. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see it come to light in the Let's Play because um, it's imperative that I that I understand the character and why he's gotten into this whole skooma thing in the first place and why he's always smoking and stuff because it it calms the tremble, you know, from from years of right. of of fighting and abuse of his body and untreated ataxia. And stuff like that that has left his nervous system in a bit of a shambles, and he compensates for that by ingesting narcotics or yep. whatever he can do, right? And so by doing that, right, I'm introducing a limitation on myself because every time I take skooma, my <laughs> you know my abilities are yeah. enhanced, 
But then I yeah. suffer the, the crash yeah, later. Yeah. yeah, coming down is certainly. Right? Can't talk coming down. Yep. <laughs> and then the self-imposed trembling, right? That's yep. another thing. It's making it more difficulty, difficult for me to use the bow, but the bow is, is what he knows. But again, we identify kind of more thing. with the character so, and the story when there yeah. is that frailty yeah. built in. If, well, you're, if you're yes. completely, you Giving know. Giving them a human element. Yeah. Yeah. It, if, if all you want to do is play on God mode, that's totally different. You know, yeah. it's going There's through a and slaughtering everything. for that if you really want. Yeah. Different no. objective. No. You, know, you know, so there you go. So maybe 20 years ago, I'd want that, but yeah. not now. <laughs> well, it all plays together, right? Yeah. So there are infinite ways that we can make this dif- this game more challenging for us. And some of that we do ourselves through role play. Some we can do through mods. Some we can do through just plain old game settings. Um, and, and I think that all of this serves to kind of invalidate this idea that a mod can be overpowered. If you decide that you want to, you know, role play, then you you know you go ahead and do that and maybe mm-hmm. there's a spell package that is very powerful but maybe you find a way through role play to limit which spells you use and how you use them yep. right and uh you know placing those kinds of interesting restrictions on yourself are what make the game fun and unique every time you play it but also make it challenging so now if we could take some of those mods and force them on our fellow players Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's so many mods in my mix right now, and there's so many that I, I love, and I'm having trouble shedding any. Um, yeah, that essential know. list just keeps growing, doesn't it? Yeah, it really kind of does. So what would happen if someone said that you could only do 10? Well, that would be a tough choice. That That's I know, I'd have choice. to start with 100 for you right now. You know, but. in a, what I'd probably do is is, you know, try to pick one from each category. So give me one environmental enhancement that mm-hmm. I can't live without mm-hmm. and one NPC enhancement and one armor and weapon enhancement, you know, and go through that first and try to get my favorites in each category and then see if I got any slots left over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. So we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Um, you know, let us know uh, either in the comments on the website or send us an email um, what ideas you have for increasing game challenge what things that you've tried to do. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. And uh, just an interesting item of note here, uh, in October, we're going to be recording uh, a, an episode. I'm very excited about it. We're going to be recording an episode with a gentleman named Alistair Stevens, who is an expert on uh, character development for stories and literature. He does seminars on the topic. Um, I have attended one of his seminars, and it was freaking amazing. And he's also a gamer, and we are going to talk about character development in-game and uh, some of the things that we can do to go even deeper and and work on the foundation of our characters through vulnerability and goals and objectives and all that stuff. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that'll be coming uh, in October. I think right now we're we're scheduled to talk to Alistair on the 12th. Story development mods. Yes, it's going to be amazing. Oh. All right. Good time. Nice. All cool. right. So it sounds like we got some listener questions, so stick around for the next segment. Okay, it's time for Crusader Mail. That is where you get to send us questions and we get to answer them, which is our privilege. Uh, what do we have tonight, Joe? All right. We've got a couple related ones to uh, just kind of... Uh, stuck. Okay. Kind of, 
need need a little help and some some ideas. So uh, let's start out with Andre. Andre von Berlin. <laughs> okay. Berlin, Berlin. <laughs> um, Andre, I won't uh, I won't grace you with my really bad German, but. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll read this in English since your English is way better than my German, no, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, he writes, or she, I guess. No, it'd be a he. Okay. I'm stupid. Take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, or maybe pretty not. sure Andre Are you taking is, his, is his word that he's stupid or what? Uh, <laughs> no comment. I think yes is probably a good answer. <laughs> yes. Um, I've completed the main quest line and the Dark Brotherhood quest line with my Red Guard Archer Assassin, Azam. However, I've come to a point where I'm not quite sure what to do. I know I want to explore the DLC quest lines, which I've actually not done, but also as my character is a devout cultist or cultist-esque worshiper Mm -hmm. of Mafala, I'd like to make uh, Azam her champion in the future. However, Mafala's blade is a two-handed weapon, and while I feel it might make for a very versatile playstyle if I could integrate two-handed in the future, I'm not quite sure how to do it smoothly. I've considered finding a good follower that I could roleplay as if they are teaching me and perhaps I teach them sneaking or archery. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your opinions or ideas? If it helps, the character is at level 25. Okay. Interesting. Well, first and of all, just as a note, this yes. is a PC player. Okay, so this person can use mods. Yep. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I like the idea that after having completed a couple of quests, this person who is obviously very serious about their worship of Mafala would consider a completely new combat style to pay homage or to honor mm-hmm. their God, that that gets right at the heart of what we've been talking about with character weakness of, or vulnerability, right? right? We're, we're, introducing, we're introducing our own kind of artificial restriction on, on certain things by, you know, saying that, okay, you know, we're going right. to follow this path, even though, uh, you know, in a mecha- game mechanic sense, it probably doesn't help right and we're putting ourselves you at a disadvantage a lot of things right. you might otherwise use right? yeah yeah um so what what kind of options can we offer andre i mean i i, I like the idea of you know having a follower who you mm-hmm. could say okay this person is kind of training you or or whatever right um, um let's see what are some uh what are some potential follower options well, there, there, there. Yeah, there are a lot of um, two-handed uh, specialists. I mean, one one thing a, a person could do, I suppose, is say that, uh, you know, you were going to do the companions quest. You know, yeah, the, there's the, several two-handed the companions quest line. Um, All right, can I interrupt for a minute? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Explain to me why one-handed, two-handed makes a difference in this case. Well, in this case, this this is a person who's played, played up, primarily an archer up mm-hmm. to level twenty five, archer ad- advancing archery and one handed. Yeah. So they've acquired a lot of 
probably levels and buffs using one-handed weapons. Gotcha. Now they're going to face, you know, level 25 or 30 enemies with the equivalent of a level one sword skill. Gotcha. Right? So that, is, that explains the there. reason why you were impressed at the changing of fighting style. I was just trying to yeah. get some context right. for why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like this, right? Because yeah. it's totally related to the conversation we just had about increasing the game challenge. Well, here you go. This yeah. is it right here. <laughs> I mean, hell. Switch right? up your weapon. Yeah, right. exactly. But with this weapon in particular, there's a cool thing with this weapon is that this weapon becomes more powerful over time, but the only way that this weapon becomes more powerful oh, is, is that yeah. you you have to kill in cold blood someone who trusts you. Basically, you have to yes. kill your followers. Seriously? Yeah. Every time you kill mm, someone who dark. trusts you, the weapon increases in power. Right. And so there is an opportunity here what for kind of an dichotomy. amazing role-playing thing here. Yeah. Um, particularly if you take on a follower. Imagine this. You, you're bring, you bring on a follower who is also, uh, you know, maybe an older, more revered swordsman or swordswoman, right, who is also a worshiper of Mafala, who is training you because they know that you're something special and ultimately knows that in the end, when you complete your training, you will have to kill them. And that's how you will prove that you've made it, right? That you're worthy. It's super dark and it, it really adds is. sort of a fatalistic quality to this whole thing where right. this this devout follower says, you're the chosen one, and I'm going to train I'm you willing for this. until you kill me. When you kill me, then we know you're so ready. it's the sacrifice right? on their yeah. part, and wow. don't mess it up and do it early. That is awesome. So that's, like yeah, that that's a great, yeah. 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 Probably. That's why I needed the mm. context, because now I've got this whole new horizon of what that yeah. means. I'm trying to think yeah. of, I don't know any off the top of my head. I know there's a lot of follower mods out there. I wonder if there mm-hmm. would be a one that would work well for this situation or to pick mm. a, a game an already yeah. in-game NPC to do this with. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that could fit the bill. I, I think, yeah, obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of options probably that I think there are a lot of um, potential followers out there who use two handed weapons, but I would be inclined to explore some of the options inside of interesting NPCs um, mm. because yep. there are some very sort of uh, dark and troubled yes, characters there in there who I think could fit the bill personality-wise yeah. mm-hmm. for this type of a scenario. And you know, if if you don't have it already, um, in tangent or in tandem, rather, mm-hmm. uh, with interesting NPCs, you could use uh, amazing follower tweaks. That way you can recruit anyone. Right. So if you come across a character yeah. that uh, really it grabs your, your attention, mm-hmm. uh, assuming they're not a quest character or something like yeah. that that's going to break something else, you yeah. can tweak them and bring them on as a follower that way. Yep. Yep. I think there's probably a lot of options there. Um, amazing follower tweaks, you're right, would, would really open it up. Yeah. Um, and then interesting NPCs add so many new characters to the game. All over the you're, place. Yeah, you're bound to run into somebody sooner or later who, you know, kind of has a personality that resonates with right. you. So um, there's your first your first part of yeah. your, your you know, internal quest is to go find a teacher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I think so. Which could lead you down a whole lot of different rabbit holes. It, it sure could. I know um, in interesting NPCs, I randomly in, encountered a character um, in the Winking Skeever. He was just sitting there drinking, and I walked up beside him to talk to the innkeeper, and he was super creepy. I, I can't remember... Uh, I can't remember his actual name. I, I want to say he was an orc. Oh, was it the orc that challenges you? Yeah. And he, he challenged me to say, okay, uh, you know, yeah. we're going to see who can kill X number of people the fastest. And it was all based uh-huh. on, on the, a name, on, on Ulfric Stormcloak's name and, and uh, the woman who's who's the Jarl in yeah, Solitude. right. You had to find victims who, with, with the first letter... And do them in who's, order. Who's in, in, was it in order? I think you had to do them in order. And then you had to finish, uh, try to finish before he did. Right. Um, there there are a number of characters through that mod that are like that. And, and there's an entire website out there devoted to interesting NPCs. I'd go out there and just dig around a little bit, do a little bit of research on the characters that are there, read enough um, about their stories to figure out if they'd be a good character, first of all, and second of all, how to kick off their little side quests. Their quest, if they have one. Yeah, Yeah. because then you could work that into your story. And And use uh, that as your training schedule. Right. Yep, yep. So, And then you could use AFT... Mm-hmm. To to haul them as a, as a follower, and mm-hmm. you can also use AFT to equip equip them. So if it's a character who's yeah. really fits what you're looking for, but maybe they don't have the big the big sword, yep, give them one. Yeah, make yeah. it work. Absolutely. The other alternative would just be to go out and look at other follower mods out there, and you know, pick one up that seems like a good fit. Um, you know, I think of for example Valfar. Yep. Valfar is is amazing, you know. He's a, you know, huge 8-foot-tall barbarian kind of guy who uses a two-handed weapon and he's got a lot to say and he's very colorful. Um that is definitely a you know, he's very much a zealot oh, as yeah. well, yeah. right? Um I think of a character like Hoth who oh, yeah. I don't is know also about, extremely dark type of character. He wears a helmet that looks like a skull and he's hmm. he's yep. really uh, and he, I was just looking at that one. The other yeah, day. as an NPC, he's also unique in that when you go to certain places in Skyrim and you speak to him, he will tell you that there's someone nearby that needs killing, and it's, <laughs> he essentially gives you like these sort of um, mini radiant quests to either kill or apprehend, like you know, bounties. And stuff, Interesting. but it, it's all driven based on what part of Skyrim you're in at the time. Uh, so someone like Hoth could also be a great follower who who kind of fits that dark image, but then also has the added bonus of pointing out targets while you're training, which sure sort of feels yeah. interesting. Um, which would work really well yeah. with an assassin type character. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now Hoth is not a trainer in two handed, and Valfar is not a trainer in two handed. Right. So you you just have, have to, to sort role of play role that play one. that right. Yeah. But you you know. I think it's more important that the character fits the image of the story you're trying to tell. Right. That's else. what that's the feeling I get too. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, a handful of great ideas to try. Hopefully All right. that hopefully that helps. Yeah. All Good right. Good question, Andre. Absolutely. So what's next? Let's see. Let me pull this up. We have a 
question from Idris. If I can get it to scroll. Okay. Oh, no, I'm good. And Idris from Wales writes, I recently made a Khajiit Dark Brotherhood assassin who only fights with his fists. I know you've done a podcast based around backstory, but I'm really struggling with it. Uh, please help me out. Any advice is much appreciated. Awesome. Um, there's a caveat here that this is a console player. Console player. Wow. So that's so modless. Correct. Yes. So okay. that that I might actually be able to uh, weigh in on something yeah, here. That's that definitely makes it a little time. more difficult. So uh-huh. we, I can I can appreciate no, your I think, but, conundrum. Well, I like the idea that going weaponless ha- oh, gives you, but gives you a particular level of confidence to mm-hmm. go in. You know, your right. your approach to different. Yeah, bad guys is going to be quite different uh, mm-hmm. because you have to. It, it's a very intimate yeah. kill, right? It is bare hands. Well, what what is it that Idris is is struggling with? Is it backstory here, or what is it uh, specifically? Well, on it? he mentions backstory. I okay. I almost get the feeling that there's just kind of this general um, loss or at a loss of kind of how to pull it all together. Okay. Okay. Um, sure. I don't know what the base mechanics are or what yeah. the, the, the vanilla right. game mechanics are for Khajiit and using claws. Well, I think there's mods out there, but again, that's not an option in this yeah, case. The vanilla game provides some options. It here. does. Okay. Because yeah. having never played a Khajiit, I don't know. Yeah. Khajiits do more hand-to-hand combat damage because of claws, mm-hmm. but in the game, you, you also get additional damage by adding gauntlets. And so okay. the higher level gauntlets, you're you're adding the more damage you get with your fist as well. Yep. So if you're using those wicked, nasty Daedric gauntlets and then fighting hand-to-hand, you're doing some really nasty damage sure. that I think, I can't be certain, but I, I think that that would stack with the extra damage that you're getting as a Khajiit. Okay. Now, of course, the, the other thing that, that would be essential is get down in the rat way and kill that guy down there who's got the gloves of the pugilist. Oh, yeah. Yep. Then disenchant those gloves, and then that's going to give you hand-to-hand combat damage, which you can also enchant your gauntlets with. And you may be able to enchant other items. I don't know. Like if you could have an enchanted necklace or a ring combined with your gauntlets. Seems like you might be um, able to, but I'm I'm not certain. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of enchantments that are well, sort think, of I think four we have someone who's willing to maybe try it out. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> you know? So... Um, where, where do you find this person, the pugilist? You got to go to Riften and okay. go down into the Ratway. You'll run into him before you get to the Ragged Flagon. Yeah, to get to the Ragged Flagon, you'll you'll Basically encounter have to get through him. him. Okay, but he he's kind of an unassuming beggar-looking guy, but he's living down under the Ratway, and he will attack you with his bare hands. And he has the gloves of the pugilist. It's the only instance of that enchantment in the game. But that I think I may have those. Yeah, that that helps to make it a legit kind of a play style it's you know it is intended as a as a legitimate play style Mm -hmm. in skyrim because there are kill cams for barehanded combat and all that stuff uh, Mm -hmm. which are really interesting by the way you you know doing some crazies like sometimes wrestling moves and stuff like that it's really amazing so you don't have to be encumbered by a lot of uh heavy weapons well, that's that's very, very true. true. That's a yeah. very good, and you you don't have to make a choice mm-hmm. as benefit. to which weapons you're going to keep. Everything that you manage mm-hmm. to get, hopefully, off you of keep your dead, all the you... weapons that you went into combat with. 
<laughs> if not, then yeah. you're in trouble. No, hey, but there's a there's an advantage, you know, a big money maker there, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. you can slay everybody, and you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. retaining any of the weapons. Yes, so, that's, so you that's just that's go and point. sell them to the highest bidder. Yep. Take your gold, do whatever you're going to do. So. So, so mechanically, we've taken care of this, right? Now the now the question is, what are some things we can do from the role play mm-hmm. perspective that are part of this? And I I think um, what you need to consider, Idris, is at the very core of this whole thing is why has this person chosen to kill with their bare hands? And what's the significance of that? Because mm-hmm. to me, that is so unusual that it's hard not to imagine that in dri- just driving the whole psychology of this character. Right. That's what it seems like to me. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. I look at huge advantage in having some of the weapons, but it, again, it's a very personal thing. Yeah. To kill somebody with your bare hands. Yes. Oh, and that so, could be part of it. Yeah. So part of it could be ritualistic, right? Where mm-hmm. this, this is maybe this is an individual has who has so much heavy emotion around the taking of a human life that it feels disrespectful to have any distance from the process if yep. you're really going to own it and say that I, I need to I need to own this, right? I'm taking this person's life. on my hands. Yeah, it has to be, the blood has to be on my hands and I have to take responsibility for what I'm doing even though what I feel like I'm doing is the right thing right now. Or it could be someone who's just got some kind of an issue going on where where, you know, they're a rage monster and maybe they've never had any formal training in melee combat, but they have become very good at just using their bare hands, you know, and, and that's become their, their signature, Yeah, you know, they've found Um, they don't need weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's some kind of a really sort of visceral thing that comes from some past experience where, you know. They killed somebody with their bare hands who took the life of a loved one, and now they're yep. this rage monster who— And that's where I think if you, you look know. at the question about backstory, I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's all kinds of, you know, cross lovers and, uh, you know, the reason yeah. you're an orphan, you know why you're an orphan. I mean, things like yeah. that, you can look at those as backstory pieces as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, so that th- I think there's a story to tell there. Um, yeah, and, and, it, it probably, it, and it really— revolves not maybe it doesn't revolve but a big piece of it is you know why why they've chosen yes not to use any kind of weaponry yeah i mean this is a significant choice especially well depending on the road that this person decides to go down right um if we're talking about a character who wants to be an assassin you're looking at backstabs basically for everything and we're talking about someone who's getting right up against their opponent in light armor Mm-hmm. which yeah. more than likely with maybe the exception of the gauntlets. Yeah. You know, uh, that's dicey, right? That That's someone who not only maybe is good at, at fighting with their hands, but that's someone who strikes me also as being fearless, like really fearless. Um, oh, all, and all to the, the way point of almost insane. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you would have to be, yeah. right? I mean, you would have mm-hmm. to find, there would have to be yeah. very good, potentially unfounded reasons for you mm-hmm. to have that level of, confidence yep. and some amazing level of sneak and mm-hmm. you know yeah yep so i would start by not not just don't think about the background so much start by thinking about what makes this character fight with their bare hands what are the vulnerabilities of this character um what start with start with the vulnerabilities and say you know 
what is it about this individual that that makes this particular style of combat essential for them? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of stuff will just kind of flow from there. It's such a strong idea that it's that that there are going to be all kinds of really um, strong things that will come out of right. it. I think, and and you can also get uh, creative with uh, maybe some of the magic use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Bring that into just because it. you aren't using a, mm-hmm. a bladed weapon or anything doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you can't do other things. With it to right. augment your attacks. Yeah. For sure. Right. Add um Yeah, add some magical, you know, armor enhancement, right? You know, so Yeah. You know, the well, yeah, definitely defensive one. there. Um you could use some of the some of the I you know, if you're going to build a mythos around this whole thing, then I would do things like maybe avoid spells, avoid range weapons, avoid range spells. If you're going to use a spell, use something like flame cloak, That's personal, you know, that yeah. surrounds you in a in a roiling mass of flame, and then you attack That's with your bare spell. hands. I mean, to me, that th- what that feels like is it is it doesn't feel those things together don't feel like a spell. It feels like almost like a power a person would right, have. Like right, right. I'm, you know, I'm this burning pillar of rage and I, I burst into <laughs> Literally. flame. Literally, exactly. Yeah, I burst yeah. into flame and then I attack with my bare hands because I'm just savage, right? Yeah. Um, there's something kind of cool about that, you know, making it feel like um, like it's, it's an innate part of the person rather right. than a a spell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Choose your choose the spells mm-hmm. and, and abilities, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. if you go, the, you know, get the dragonborn going. You've got shouts. Yeah. Think about the shouts, yeah, and the um, what uh, the the elemental speed shout. The slow, oh, whirlwind, yeah, whirlwind sprint. Well, there's mm-hmm. whirlwind sprint, but then there's there's an elemental combat spell oh. or, or shout, and when you shout, you're basically able as long as you're not using an enchanted weapon you can attack at at like like double the attack oh, speed. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Right? And then yep. there's also slow time. Yeah, that's another great one. Which, you know, make, pick the shouts and the spells from the vanilla game that really fit the combat style, which is up close and personal, visceral kind of no range weapons. I, that's what I'd do. Yeah. It's really strong. Yeah, I like can, it. Yeah, be no pretty kidding. vicious, actually. Yeah, really. The, I think that combination. Slow down time and, and spells get and some good gauntlets and yeah. fire up and absolutely tear, <laughs> tear hmm. into your opponent. Exactly right. Yeah. Draugr's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And it also, too, maybe it depends on are you hand-to-hand all the time or just when you're assassinating? Oh, that could be, too. It could be too. Although with a character like this, it's hard to imagine them making exceptions, but maybe they would. Yeah. I guess it depends you know, on the kind of the mental state that you want to try to play. What kinds of things might you forego in the quests if you were just doing assassination type quest following? What kinds of things might you not be able to do if you're not? Well, I don't think there's anything that you could not do. I just, I think there are things that would become, you'd have to be more creative mm-hmm. and would be more difficult. Yeah. You know, one thing that strikes me too is that um, a good thing for this character to pursue would also be, I, I love the idea of this character doing the Boethia side quest for a couple of different reasons. One is that 
when you go to the shrine of Boethia, there's all those people fighting. It's got very much a pit fighter type yeah. of a feel to it. And those cultists are all about combat, and they're very savage in the way that they do it. They're tough. And they, yeah, they, yeah they, they can be very tough. The other thing, too, is that, you know, the, the um, magic item that you get after completing that quest would be particularly interesting for this character. Um, I forget what it's called. Do you remember? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. It's Boethia's mail. Oh, uh, oh the armor. ebony armor. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? Well, is it the ebony it's mail? Not, yeah, it's, it's ebony mail, it, but it classifies as light armor. Does it? It's not. It looks like it's called ebony mail, and, right. it, and it shares some characteristics with ebony yeah, armor. It looks like the ebony armor. But, but it's actually it's, considered light. Yeah. What I like about it is is it basically surrounds your character in an aura of darkness, which is poison. And it would be sort of... <laughs> it pisses everyone off. It would be like... Around you. It would be the equivalent of of sort of poisoning your fists and attacking somebody, right? Sweet. I mean, that would be very cool. That, like, yeah. one thought I had was, would the, would a character like this have any interest at all in investing in, in alchemy for the reasons of creating poisons, mm-hmm. but you can't poison your gauntlets in the right. vanilla game. Right. Um, however, this would be a way to sort of simulate that where it's, it's a, it's an, it's, it's a, a personal yeah, it's, it's area, area of effect, effect, you know, and anybody who's fighting you in close proximity is going to be poisoned as you're fighting them. Yeah. It's, it's perfect for the character who's either going to come up and punch you or bear hug you and poison you to death. Right. Right. So, yeah. That's an. I think that would be a great. That's a good. And there's no fit. detriment to you as the player. With no, that? no. And no. I. The cool thing about it, though, is you know it, it surrounds you in this black swirling aura of of nastiness, which is I think <laughs> very cool. looks awesome. I've yeah. never really worn the stuff just because it it, mm-hmm. it has some unintended effects just yeah. of that. Yeah, it's kind of like on all the time. So when you go into stealth mode, does it affect mode, your followers? Oh, is it just stealth mode? Just stealth mode. Oh, that's the, oh, okay. Yeah. That's not does bad. it affect your followers? I think mm-hmm. it affects anyone that's nearby. I don't know if it's, yeah. some things can be just enemies, but I, 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 I'm not positive, but this might just be anyone. I don't know what the radius is, but I, I want to say that it, it, it affects other people. The, the other, the, the reason I kind of stayed away from it is that the, uh, this kind of black swirling aura effect screwed with my ability to fire the bow. It, it would obstruct my vision. Oh, uh, even in first person, it would right. obstruct my vis- vision, so I couldn't see my opponents. But for this person, wouldn't matter. No, yeah. that wouldn't be a, a problem. Yeah. And to know if you could combine mm-hmm. that with the gauntlets mm-hmm. and everything else, mm-hmm. I mean, all, and, and all and of a, a sudden you become spell, mm-hmm. and yeah. Mm-hmm. You become someone that no one wants to get near. <laughs> yeah. So, which which might make the emotional burden of mm-hmm. why you went into hand to hand killing in the first place <laughs> yes. even worse. Well, do it. I in- only did it to be close to people. <laughs> do it, Idris, and tell us how it turns out. It it sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. I think you got plenty of options technically in vanilla, as well as a whole bunch of kind of cool spell and shout things that you could do. I would just come up with that vulnerability that that story. And then pick the stuff that fits. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you for the question. Thank yes, you. Great. Absolutely. And that is it for episode 13, which kind of turned out to be pretty pretty darn epic. I liked this one a lot. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, you know, thank you so much. We've made it to the end of, of yet another episode. We'd like to thank fans of the show for your faithful support and continued encouragement. Your enthusiasm is the lifeblood of this podcast, and whether your support 
comes through Patreon with dollars or through iTunes with reviews or recommendations to your friends and family. We appreciate it all. Yes. You can contact us through the website at charactercrusade.com. And until next time, remember, it is not about the objective. It's about the journey. So go forth and experience. (laughs) 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 I love that song. (laughs) 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 You know what that song, the title of that song is? It's called Busy. Is it really? It's called Busy. Getting busy. Hall and I played there and then they in Candlehearth Hall there's a group of three people that play together there and I think that's because of interesting NPCs I think in the vanilla Mm. game there's only one bard there but because of interesting NPCs there are three people that play together and the funny thing is is they're using the vanilla songs but they set up the timing so that they have a drum part and a flute part and a singing part that go together oh cool and it sounds Fucking terrible. <laughs> it sounds terrible. I thought you were going to say it was sounded fantastic. No, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> and and so I'm playing through this in my mind. He's playing this song like the dexterity required to play it is amazing, right? And all this stuff. And he finishes and then they start and it's like, whoa, you know? And he's like, what? You know, that's that's when he did the whole, you Thumbs know, down. like. You know, that's, you know, that sounds like somebody's <laughs> no, strangling no, a fucking no. cat. You know, I think I'm going to go to the gray quarter. <laughs> so he went to the corner club oh, to play there funny. and and he walks in and there's like one bartender and a guy sweeping the floor. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> and it's like crickets. That's you know? everyone else is down listening to, right. the, to the melee song. I know. And so I was like, all right, <laughs> fellas, fine. You know, let's do this. And so I just found a position like kind of next to the wall and I started playing. 
And once you're in that mode where you're playing the song, you can't really break out of it. The animation has to go until it's done yeah. or whatever. And so the guy is sweeping the floor or whatever, and the bartender's like, he turns and he's facing me and he's playing away, right? <laughs> and the guy with the broom then walks over like really uncomfortably close and then walks behind him and is hanging what? out behind him while he's playing. And, and because of the player head tracking, Robard's like... <laughs> And what I realized was that that's where the character is scripted to go. He's going to sweep in the corner and then he's going to sweep by the door and then he's going to sweep in the corner. And it got to a point where he's like halfway through the song. He's halfway through the song and the guy's broom handles like getting like really close to Robard's ass and stuff. And I'm thinking in my head, like, this is so I could so role play Robard in this moment, right? And the guy the guy stops sweeping and then he starts eating a piece of bread behind me. Like really close, like behind me. And I, the whole time I'm thinking, okay, thank you very much, you know. And on the sourdough is what the fuck, you know, like that, that's what I'm thinking to myself. And so then- you have one old message Thursday to oh, 09 p.m. You know, so I like started to create this character in the game and like I'm not really sure what I was supposed to pick because I wanted my guy to be kind of like, you know, a 1920s sort of gangster sort of guy. But that doesn't really work with what I'm trying to do here in the Skyrim and so I gave this guy a really cool name. You know, his name is Jimmy. I figured nobody else in Skyrim would have the name Jimmy. So he's got the name Jimmy, and he's awesome, right? He's this guy, and he's got a mace. But nobody else has got a mace around here. It's kind of like a big warhammer sort of a thing, but it's even cooler than that because it's like a big, like a big lead sort of crown kind of thing that you just like swing and beat the crap out of people. That's the kind of thing that Jimmy likes to do. You know, he likes to find stuff, but I kind of think that maybe his family had it out for him when he was a kid. So Jimmy's all about bringing it back. It's about bringing it back to the Skyrim people and, and reminding everybody who he is. You know, that's sort of the start of my story. So go go look for Jimmy. Jimmy might just kick your ass, but he's also this great guy. You know, he's kind of a family guy. Well... Like a family wrecking guy, actually, now that I think about it. So he's not like a family guy. Especially not like a family guy like the TV show, The Family Guy. No, that guy's kind of a wuss. Anyway, let me figure this out. Maybe I'll call it another time. Awesome job, Character Crusade. The, the podcasts are awesome. Keep it up. End of messages.